Welcome to another episode of Smart Home Stupid People. My name is Madeleine Siege. And I'm Eris Felmuth. Hello, everybody out there. And yeah, today's topic is a question out there like, would you want to become a doctor? <laughs> maybe you thought about this. Maybe, you know, you went through the academic career system and at one point you thought, like, hmm, should I become a doctor? Mm-hmm. Or some of you guys are doctor and so i actually have my own youtube channel and i wanted to talk about this topic because some people ask me about it you know looking back are you happy with that decision that you made in your life is there something that you would recommend to someone who's thinking about it so and eris said well maybe no we'll just talk about this today yeah um just to kind of put it into context yeah madeline has her own channel as you mentioned and she uh, does a lot of german videos yeah and i figured hey let's uh let's let's put this over in a smart home steward people and approach it from a bit of a different angle and it'll be a bit of a, a soft practice for you i guess <laughs> uh as a topic because mm. you know i can pose you questions and it's in a comfortable environment and setting so that uh you know see how you uh, see how you react to them right? okay um so today's kind of an interview with madeline Featuring Madeline. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Uh, So what's interesting about the whole doctor thing to me is that Madeline has actually mentioned many times to me that, you know, had she the opportunity now to go back in time and do the PhD, she probably wouldn't. Mm. And I found that to be a very interesting thing because it's, that was like five years plus of her life. Like, like what was well, it? Like more, seven, more. Like, seven. like after her master's and in Germany, it, they have something that's called diplom, which is like even more than a master. So after we her formal education, yeah, we used to have used that. Used to have it. You yeah. know, um, pre 1984 people who were born before 1985. Um, and this is something that's very interesting because, um, as she mentioned, you know what, like seven seven years? Yeah, from like the beginning to really, I started officially in 2011, but actually I started half a year even earlier. I went to yeah. Frankfurt and I kind of did some research on the topic and trying to get funding for it. But mm. I really like subscribed myself. I said I like registered myself as sure. a PhD student at the university in January 2011. And I graduated yeah. in October 2017. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and so this is something that I just kind of wanted to explore a little bit today because uh, obviously we titled the episode, Would You Become a Doctor Today? Not Would You Like To, it's Would You. And yeah. I think the the would you is kind of a little more aggressive than would you like to. And the reason for me is because look at the world around us today and um, really how 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 high do you value um, institutional education? How high do you value the opinions of people in institutional education today? I see more and more and more people are stepping away from that. And there are a couple mm-hmm. really fun and interesting things I'd like to go into today um, as to perhaps why things are like that. You know, specifically when we talk about the medical industry and the medical doctorates, you know, mm-hmm. that uh, there was something that was called the um, Flexner Report. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go into that into a bit of detail. That was written in 1910, and it was the complete reform in um, U.S. and Canada as to like what it meant to uh, the institution 
that is actually training doctors. You know, what do they stand for? It was a, it was a flattening of the entire concept of health. Mm. And there were a lot of big things in there that, that left forever and never came back, such as preventative uh, measures. That was something that was actually refined, mm -hmm. meaning that universities, uh, from, from what I gathered, 75% of the universities in North, well, in Canada and the US closed after the Flexner report. And I'm going to go into that because the Flexner report is a very sketchy kind of thing. It was uh, it was brought to us by the Carrie, uh, Carnegie Foundation and the... Um, uh, what, what's their what are their names? The Rockefeller mm -hmm. Foundation, and so there's a lot of big money. There's a lot of really shady kind of stuff that happened there that ended up removing a lot of stuff from the medical world that never came back. Now I know that you're not a medical doctor, mm -mm. Maddie. Instead, I'm you, a real doctor. You're a real doctor, right? <laughs> you, as as your title here definitely says, Doctor Rea Nat in Biology, which means that you have a doctorate in reality and that and, 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 and nature. <laughs> Yeah, well, could, could, could we say it that simply? If you want to, well, the main difference is really the time frame, right? So if you have a MD, a medical doctor that is usually accomplished, I don't know if overseas, but here in Germany, couple months to a year. So even when you're still studying, mm -hmm. becoming a um, like a, a doctor yourself, like a doctor is yeah. with us, even like a you know a m medical doctor. So it's it's a much shorter uh, time frame, and mm -hmm. you can't really compare the amount of of accomplishments you have to, or the requirements you have to meet in order to get the medical doctor. So you're, what you're saying is is that the the um, the the philosophical doctorate, such as uh, chemistry, physics, and biology, yeah. is much more time consuming and life consuming, absolutely, than a, a standard MD. Absolutely. And the same okay. also for the veterinarian. Okay. That's the same. Usually how they do it, during, even during their studies. And, and I think you, you experienced it yourself with your uh, room or housemates. Yeah, I, I lived with, yeah. uh, when I so when I first moved to Berlin, I, I, I um, lived first with a, a biophysicist. Mm -hmm. um, and then afterwards I ended up Getting go moving into a new apartment like six months later, mm. so we're talking now 2011, and I moved in with a guy who was uh, doing his. Uh, I guess that would have I don't know it would have been diploma back then too. What do they have? They for... have stats exam. So okay, it's so like it, an ex he, exam. So yeah. in the end, he got something similar to a master's. Yeah, uh, and, and it was interesting to me to see that like he graduated his master's and six months later he had his PhD in yeah. uh, veterinary So that's medicine. usually the case with, yeah. the, with the medical and the veterinarians because they, while they were still studying for the final exams, they already mm -hmm. start looking for a, a topic and they're for the PhD thesis, yeah. or like the, the doctor thesis. <laughs> and usually they have a small study where they do maybe a couple experiments and then they write everything together, which is basically what we have as a, like I did a diploma thesis, so... It right. is, is really nothing you can really compare to a philosophical doctor or like a yep, doctor yep. Renat because it's it's done in a much shorter sh time frame. Right. And also usually here in Germany and also overseas, like the the doctors, like the doctor Renat, mm -hmm. the doctor, the PhD, the Phil Nut. Yeah, yeah. There's this, that we have the same expression in Germany. It's called Doctor Phil. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, yeah. philosophical, Dr. Philosophical. And 
for those positions, you usually have a three years contract with the university in that time frame. And you get paid for it. You get paid yeah, for okay. it. Um, it's it, it's it changed. Usually, um, like for a long time, it was like a fifty percent position paid, although you were working hundred fifty percent. Yeah, yeah. And then they changed a little bit. Now you actually get you get sixty five percent. Yeah, I think so. They kind of raised the the salary a little bit. But yet it's still, you know, in comparison to the, the time you put in, but at least you get something. But with me back then, I didn't have that position. I There are different ways of, of, of getting a PhD or like a doctor. Mm -hmm. Either you find a paid position within a, a research group, so maybe like another postdoc, your supervisor. Or a, car, or a large company. Yeah, or company. So you either go to university or you it, can it, also it, go to a, like a company, but you always yeah. have to have a supervisor from the university that always needs to yeah, be okay. the... Yeah, that's what you're saying. The, well, I was thinking like, I, I know a lot of people who have studied chemistry and yeah. they almost all got in with big oil or yeah, big pharma that's, immediately. That's the other thing. I mean, this is, if you want to do the practical work, you can either have the the ground research at university yeah. or you, 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 you think like, oh, I want to be more practical. You know, I want to really, that my work goes right into like a development of a new drug, something like that. Yeah. Then you, it makes more sense to go really to um, a company or something. And you okay. always have the supervisor at university because you need the university as like the official legal institution that gives out the mm -hmm. title. So this is the interesting thing to yeah. me is now we're getting into that whole idea of legal. Um, yeah. Okay, so let, let's let's kind of back it up and say, what is a doctor? Mm. Where does it come from? <laughs> why is it important into our society? How is it, mm. why is it like married to law in the sense like, why can't I just, you know, <laughs> give out doctor titles? Too. Yeah, why, why, why can't I just open up my front door and teach someone like about crickets and give them a doctor title in crickets? You know, it, it, it's it's one of these funny ways of looking at it. Yeah. But the reality is, is that where do these um, um, refinements come mm. from, or or like, you know what I mean? Like, mm, yeah, yeah. How, how did that become so institutionalized? And 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 for me, you know, the idea of would you like to be a doctor today is more like. Really, I think that being a doctor to, in today's world is is it's a it's a heavy acknowledgement of a specific world, mm -hmm. not necessarily mm -hmm. the real world, right? Yeah. And you've you've shared a lot of that with me. That uh, <laughs> it, you you talked about how like you have to be very robotic and and almost like non-human in order to be very successful. I I perceived it like that. You know, okay. it's like I felt that. It's not so much about the individual, you know, like no one really cares if you do well or not. You know, it feels like you you get run over right. by the whole machinery if you're not able to 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 become a part of it. Like mm -hmm. I've seen many of, of my colleagues just, you know, giving up on the way because they couldn't hold the, the stress anymore. They were just like so exhausted. They were like had nervous breakdowns and they just right. felt that was too much pressure on them. But, I, you know, I've met other people who didn't have that kind of stress. But again, these were typically people who were paid to be at their position, mm -hmm. you know, um, and, 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 and that kind of environment was a little bit more holistic. And like, like I said, physicists, I, I friends of mine, they got jobs uh, from foundations or large companies and so mm -hmm. on and so forth immediately. And their entire task 
was a, a research program that eventually get became patented by the people who paid for their education. Right? I, can, I can just speak for the biological world because I, that's what I know and yeah. that's how I graduated. And I think maybe it's different. So the biologists with, don't play with the chemists and the physicists, huh? Mm, it's a different uh, sandbox. <laughs> I always <laughs> have the impression that biologists are like the, you know, the flower scientists, like the, <laughs> <laughs> we, we are just the ones I don't know how to say that. Like the chemists and the physicists, also mm. the mathematicians, they just looked at us like, oh, they don't, they don't, are, they're not really natural science, you know, scientists. Uh -huh. They're just like the ones that play with flowers. They, they don't know anything Crazy about mathematics or something. I mean, you, like biologists are the ones deciphering I know. life <laughs> and, and acknowledging it as something very special. And, and, and it yeah. says actually, I think a whole lot about. Um, specifically, I think physicists are the ones that have that type of an attitude. <laughs> I've seen it personally. I remember when you did your uh, um, um, uh, science slam. Uh, yeah. you, know, it's some, you get a couple physicists. It's like, whoa, their horses are real big and they're high up on them, right? It, 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 yeah, I mean, you know, they have that whole, I don't know, astrology thing. Well, here's going an example. Well. Um, Astronomy. The what? The astronomy. Make, I think, you know, that's well, like sure, it's, universe. And it's very... Probably because... I mean, if I look at, at, at an equation on a physicist from a physicist and mathematicians, I like I have no idea what they talk about. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> um, so I always had the impression that also whenever like we had to do classes in. in uh, so in, biologists are seen as the hippie doctors. <laughs> pretty yeah, much. Pretty much. Like really the ones with the flowers and, you know, the yeah. easygoing ones, because. From what I've heard, also very promiscuous. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> but I mean, I remember that one one situation. I was in a mathematics class, and our professor, you know, had like an easy equation, and he said, "Well, that's also obvious to all the biologists in the room, <laughs> <laughs> yeah." <laughs> Because basically, we, we, yeah, I don't know. But maybe, it's funny you had to do the same mathematics and physics courses as the physicists and the not, mathematicians. Not not, not, the, to... not the same same, but we had in the beginning we all had the same classes. Okay. So that's that was basically the thing that I. You know, in the beginning, if you study biology, you have to do all the other science first. Mm. You have to do the mathematics, physics, uh, physics, yeah. and the chemistry, a lot of it. Whereas the physics, like, even like statistics, and, that, that came a little uh, later. What about um, the Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, geology and stuff like that. A little bit. That but, was but more the, specific. But, that the was but the mathematicians and the physicists no, don't have to do that. Well, I mean, they do statistics, obviously. Yeah, well, but, yeah, but they had no idea about biology. I've never seen a mathematician uh, in our biology class. That's interesting. <laughs> or, or never saw a physicist in our biology class. Wow. But basically, yeah, because, you know, we were just dealing with the, the funny stuff, how the cells are coming up and all that. So, but... I mean, I enjoyed it and I also thought this whole study, the whole time at university was pretty rough. We had a lot to learn. You know, um, sorry to interrupt for a second. There's something yeah. I want to back up on. And it's like you said, the, the fact that biologists are seen as these hippy dippy, uh, I don't know, like not real scientists almost in well, the eyes of the chemists and the, and, the, and the physicists. But what's interesting to me is like, Everything in in biology you can you can take apart realistically in front of you. I mean, yeah. all the physicists, yeah, there are a lot of uh, applications for physics, right? But they're they're not gonna take apart a sun anytime soon or or, or a, a black <laughs> hole. Hopefully not. <laughs> well, let's put it that way. Yeah. I'm just saying is yeah. that like they're at the mathematicians, same thing. I mean, their entire world is in theoretics. 
right? And that's, yeah, and that's okay. I mean, if you're cool with that, I always needed something mm-hmm. to hold on, like to grab, to see, to yeah. to relate just to. Uh, relate yeah. to, like yeah. a plant or, you know, just I like to know all the, these different species and all that. So yeah. that's why I was more interested in, in the life science, the biological part. But I also enjoyed learning the foundations of chemistry because you need I lo- that. I love that, yeah. You know, you need that in order to understand. But it really also depends on, like, I... Very early on in my research or my studies, I knew that I wanted to go more into the behavioral biology. Mm. And that is even more flower power hippie <laughs> stuff, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> because you can, even as a biologist, you can go into more the chemical stuff. You can become like a biochemist yeah. or something. And then you are kind of the same level as the chemists and you're yeah. also competing um, over the same jobs within pharmaceutical mm. area. But we, the ecolo- ecologists... You know, part mm-hmm. part uh, de- department. Yeah. <laughs> we were really the flower power hippie guys, and yeah. then you are even more seen as you know scientists that can't be really taken serious. I mean, I was dealing with rabbit shit. Yeah, honestly, right. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> what do you have to say about that one? <laughs> Yeah, I say quasar is just the shit of a fucking. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> and at the end, you know, it's all about what you're interested yeah. in. I mean, you know, one thing is not better than the other. That's what I, I think. But going back to the question that you had in the beginning, where is that doctor yeah. where coming from? What does it actually mean? I did a little research because I actually didn't know myself, you know, having that title yeah. for so many right, years. Right now before and... you get into that, I yeah. just want to announce to the people watching us uh, a mm. couple of things. We have, uh, you guys can see, we things look a little bit different Moved today. We have some, little... some new swivel arms and microphones and all that stuff so we were upgraded. a lot more relaxed now we upgraded exactly and <laughs> uh, specifically we have the two cameras that we typically use now aimed at madlet and i so it's a little nicer for focus for you guys to pay attention to um i have a third camera on the way but until then uh, i have my webcam i'm going to show you guys for the main system over oh here my God, look i know I, so you guys can stuff. see Hello. the chaos as to what it looks like <laughs> behind the scenes um, and I have to show you this because now if I want to do this kind of thing over here, uh, I have to go to this view because I didn't program it into ah, the other one. I completely I forgot. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So just to mention to you guys before we go live uh, with the rest of the show, uh, we're live on Rockfin, Telegram, Twitch, DLive, and on Kick as well. Um, I'm going to keep an eye on Kick today, specifically on the chat. So for all of you guys listening through Kick or watching through Kick, uh, write us a message. I'm going to be checking in on it every, you know, five to 10 minutes or something like that. And with a lot of you guys out there, um, leave your comments, talk to us live, take part in the conversation. Um, if we don't notice it right away, it's not because we're not live. It's because Maddie and I are talking and we, we don't actually have a lot of, <laughs> we don't want to focus the whole time on the chat room, but we will uh, mm-hmm. get into it. And specifically, if you're using something like Twitch or DLive, the, um, the chat is integrated, which means we'll see it on the main screen and plop it into the, the the actual video feed. All the other systems, such as Podbean and audio form, we're going to monitor it and we're going to read out the questions mm-hmm. if there are any okay. as we go. So there we go. That's that for that. Um, let's let's go into the next part now, which is um, what is a doctor? Mm. Where does it come from? And uh, why is it important? Oh, and last thing for all of you guys wondering why I'm wearing these gay glasses, it's because <laughs> I I know I am not trying to be like Bono. Uh, it's it's I I can't sleep after doing this. Like like we we've reduced the lighting so much here because we don't normally have a lot of lights in our house. You know, mm-hmm. living in northern Germany, yeah, the, it's great in the summertime when the sun is shining, but actually inside the houses we don't have a lot of lights here, and I don't like bright lights. I never have. And I find putting these glasses on, uh, they're blue light glasses. So, uh, 
this purple lamp behind me actually looks red to me with these glasses on. And it's uh, it's quite relaxing, I find, hmm. you know, that way at nighttime when I go to bed, I'm just out. You look like a cricket. I look like a what? A cricket? <laughs> Is this a biological uh, uh, analysis from your I point know, of view? Something just reminded something, me of like... Something alien and insect. Yeah, something All right. insect. All right. Absolutely. I deserve that. <laughs> <laughs> I think doctors came from butchers and healers. There we go. And so there's an interesting yeah, thing you're about not too far yeah, away we're from not it. too far away from it. So let's get the, yeah. here, take 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 it away, Maddie. Tell us, yeah. um, doctors, <laughs> what are what what are they? Why are they? Where are they from? Well, if you take the word and and look it up, where does where it's come where it come from? It has yep. actually to do something with uh, like it's it's from from Latin word doctor, which if you would well that's the male version doc doctrix doctrix. I don't know how yeah, to pronounce sure. it. Actually, Whatever. would that be the female version? Which means like it's a teacher. And isn't that interesting? It has mm -hmm. more to do with someone to have the allowance to teach. And in this case, it has to do with the institution. So teach at a university. So it really has more to do with the ability of teaching. And what era are we talking about? Um, so, yeah, it really goes back to the early centuries, like the sixth, sixth, <laughs> sorry, sixth century. And they used the word doctor back then in too, Europe, or did they have a different word? No, the official time where I really used the word, I think, was in the 13th. Yeah, that's what uh, I read too. 13th century, where I really used that word as someone was teaching at the university. Um, actually, but, what I read was that... Um, Doctor uh, in old French, mm -hmm. what has had to do directly with the church because the church were also the educational institution at the time. Well, yeah, they they actually started give, um, giving out the titles like the right. popes and was Kaiser Car so, uh, cardinals or Caesar. Would Caesar's. Have been at, uh, I mean, that was Holy Roman Empire. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. they actually had the permission to give the title out, but they actually transferred this permission over to the universities, which started. Did they building. ever like uh, just give, give it to like their children and say, or like their nephews, or like? <laughs> there you go. Some, some peasant, exactly. Present. Like, you know, you made my bed really nicely. Here's your doctor title. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe some. <laughs> that. Right. So, but yeah, it was, you know, within that time in Europe, all the universities started to form. And so they actually gave the right to, to hand all these uh, titles to the university. And they started educating and, and you know, building this the system of mm. the, the, the possibility to become a, a doctor. Okay. within the university and that's how actually the whole thing started and it started more in a medical area so Ferminator was right <laughs> where they it was more about teaching medicine and so the doctorate had more to do with medicine but later on of course the other other science areas came up with mm. time like phys, uh, physics and biology and all that. So they yeah. started departing that. And you but can see that. But the original term of doctor had more to do with healing and teaching. I, that's, that's what I read. Yeah, okay. had more to do with that. And you can actually see that in Germany now we have different versions of title. As you can see with my name, Dr. is Doctorerum Natur, Naturalis, Naturum. I actually don't really know. <laughs> don't care that much. Which specifically is only given out to people who have their degree or like their, their PhD, the doctorate degree in natural science, such as mm -hmm. physics, chemistry, biology, geography, something like that. Okay. Whereas there's also the Dr. Phil, uh, uh, Dr. Phil, I think, yeah, just Dr. Phil, Rea Phil, mm -hmm. something like that. It's more, as it says, philosophical to yeah. history, sociology. languages, yeah, okay. sociology, uh, uh, philosophy. What about politics? The, even, there's another one, Dr. Paul, <laughs> <laughs> also doctor, I think uh, for the law people, yeah. your punct. 
And then we have ah, the, ja. yeah, the medical version is like the, yeah, the, the Dr. MD oder Dr. Ja. Med. Med, ja. Dr. Med. Med. Ja. And then also there's Dr. Med Dent for the dentists. Ah, and they have their own. Yeah, and they yeah. have their own. And then there's the Dr. Med Vet. That's uh, for the veterinarians. It's crazy. It's like a crazy system. Uh, they should hand out uh, Dr. <laughs> Mate Dent with a rope for them to hang themselves. <laughs> what? <laughs> but they're not, dentists are like the highest suicide. Is that so? Supposedly. Why? I, I, I don't know. I mean, it's looking probably... Looking into, into, into a black hole yeah, every day? Yeah, looking into the abyss of like old people's <laughs> teeth and stuff. Who knows? Who knows? Oh, is that so? Yeah. Didn't know that. Yep. Well, yeah. Uh, actually, I would I would disagree though. I, I think that you know I've I've known I've, supposedly that was a thing back in the day. But um, what I've seen is um, psychiatrists. Yeah, psychiatrists listen to, me, to the problems of people every day. Well, it's really interesting is that when you compare the percent of um, deaths mm-hmm. by psychiatric patients, the and and the um, percent of um, assaults from their patients onto mm-hmm. the doctors and the percentage of death of the doctors. It's actually very interesting mm-hmm. when you see that the psychiatrists are way, way, way up there. I don't I don't think a mm-hmm. lot of people are jumping out of their dental chairs and trying to scalpel their dentist to death. But uh, <laughs> but with, with psychiatrists, it. it's a thing. Yeah, right. I, yeah, exactly. The root uh, procedure. <laughs> yeah, so what do we have here? Can you read that? Yeah. No, I am. Uh, I was going to say spiritual leaders as well. Uh, all religious backgrounds have their own leaders that heal physically and spiritually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, well, I mean, she's talking about like obviously uh, what you were talking about before yeah. with uh, the, the the clergy and all that stuff um, with the title doctor and all that. So there's something really interesting about that. Um, I'm going to go into after Madeline finishes this section about uh, the history. Pretty much good here. You're good there? What yeah. about the etymology? Do you have anything to say about that? Well, I think I said it. it was, as I said, from the Latin sure. word. Yeah. Okay. So it's Latin. Well, it, it, I, I know that in German, we also have other words such as, um, we actually have a word for a doctor that is an MD and it's not just doctor. It's actually Arzt. And so, yeah. Arzt mm-hmm. is something really interesting because it comes from an old Greek word um, that really means like healer or some shit like that. Mm. And so it still translates through time and uh, all throughout the German world. Um, if you're an Arzt, you're also, you're also an MD, right? Yeah, but, but you don't need to be a doctor. You can also be an Arzt without a doctor. Really? Yeah. In what sense? Well, you, you can have your final exams to become like a a doctor, like mm-hmm. a, you know, <laughs> an arzt. So I mean, if you just do your masters, you're you're, you're an yeah. Arzt. Well, it's it's called Staatsexamen, so okay. it's not masters. But I didn't yeah, know just, that people just... who have just masters will also be called arzt. Yeah, of course. Okay. You look it up next time when you're somewhere. You see, sometimes there are people, you know, having their signs up there, uh, like an arzt, like for skin, maybe for mm-hmm. example. But they doesn't, they don't need to necessarily be a doctor. Ah. So they can have like just their diploma and they're also an arzt. Yeah, Staatsexamen. Staatsexamen, yeah. exactly. Interesting. Same with the uh, veterinarians or the dentists, same thing. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, interesting. Mm. Interesting. Um, all right. Well, so for you, you decide to do a big chunk of your life uh, in the university, right? Mm. Um, you were about 35 when you graduated? Yeah. Something so about that. You went, when did you start school? After kindergarten, when it was first class for you? <laughs> I, also so around five six, years old? Six or seven. No, I was either six or seven. I don't know. Okay, we don't that's, remember that's, anymore. That's still like, you know, Big. that's like 33 years. Crazy. <laughs> yeah. 
when you really think about that, you know, mm-hmm. when you really think about um, what it all entails, you know, uh, mm-hmm. giving up a big, big, big chunk of your life. Now, obviously, high school is something that everyone's going to pretty much do, specifically in Germany. But yeah. after high school, when did when did you finish high school and specifically start post-secondary education? Well, I think I was around 20 and I around started 20? right okay, away so that's, after so that's that. 15 years of post-secondary education yeah. Um, yeah. To, to get your education, to receive that. Yeah. And I mean, you know, back then I didn't f- saw it as, as a waste of time. I st- now I see it differently because I think differently and I experience different things in yeah, my life. That's why I would think I'm sure I could have spent my time better. Do you see it as a waste of time now? Well, as I said, I don't really, I, I don't think there is no such thing as waste of time. You know, there's mm. always, you we always make the yeah. decisions that we make at that point because we think this is the best decision to make. And at that point, it seemed to be the right thing to do. But now looking back with the knowledge that I have. You didn't have a lot of people guiding you nowadays, properly either. No. Right? If I would have knew what I'm putting myself into and also be why I'm doing it, so I would consider you, it. Again. You are here now talking to your 20-year-old <laughs> self. What would you Get tell her? Get the fuck out of there. <laughs> well, yeah, but would your 20-year-old self listen to you with those words? Probably not. Probably not because I was, I was a very different person back then. I was, you know... My behavior was driven on a very subconscious level. I, I wanted to impress my family, my, mm. my specifically my parents, with good notes, with good grades, and also with a PhD. That Obviously, coming out of uh, socialism uh, in Germany it was one of these things where your parents didn't have that opportunity to choose. Actually, they, well, I think they could have, if they would have, you know, just put a little bit more effort into their school educations and all that. I like my 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 uncle, he mm-hmm. he had a A level and he also, you know, he went to university. So there was mm-hmm. the options were there. Okay. But um, you have to yeah. really prove yourself. From what I've heard yeah. from friends of mine who yeah, wanted yeah. to be, for example, musicians. Yeah. And they were just told you're not good enough. You can't be a musician and uh, you're going to go into mm-hmm. this instead. Kind of, yeah. No. I mean, my mother to- uh, told me that story. She actually wanted to be a hair hairdresser. Oh yeah. Cutter. Yeah, and then I can they, see that. Yeah, and then but they they did the reass- the kind of an assessment of what job would be working for you, and she said she was too clever, so she went into the whole was that commercial yeah stuff where you're becoming yeah. cashier with with numbers and all that. Crazy, eh? So, but she actually wanted to become a hairdresser. Crazy. Yeah, would have fit better to her. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you're too smart to be a hairdresser. <laughs> but I can just picture it. You know, if your mom was a hairdresser, everyone would be walking around with the, with the Cruella de Vil. That's with the that, beehive. The beehive. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. One of those two. All right. Here we say it's very common for people with uh, trauma and mental illness to become yeah, psychiatrists or psych- So this is a thing. So what was uh, I wanted to become a psychiatrist myself? So what about biologists? Back. What 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 would you say like from your experience with all the biologists that you know, what's the common theme? Why did they all become biologists? Hippie parents? It's a good question. <laughs> Hippie parents? <laughs> no, not really. I think all most of them that I met had a really genuine interest in life. They just mm-hmm. wanted to know how how life works. Mm-hmm. Really, you know, they were we were all sitting in the lectures like that. It's like, wow, that's so interesting. That's so cool. Even after <sighs> lectures, we, we we sat together and we talked about, you yeah. know, did you hear that? It was like yeah. last publication and this and that. So, I. I think many of them really enjoyed I, I, it. I'm sorry, I just had this. I had this uh, thought in my head. <laughs> I know, I know. This, this is maybe morbid. I don't know if I should share it. What? I just think, like you know, everyone's like in the school hall, and they're like, "How many of you out there are vegan pacifists?" 
Everyone raised their hand. It's like, coincidentally, that's the same amount of people who applied to be biologists. Yeah, yeah, pretty much like that. I mean, I was a vegetarian <laughs> right? back then too. And I'm most of my friends were still Crazy. are, you know, like bent and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, again, I think we're just, we're, we were just generally inter interested or still are. Hmm. I mean, you know, you know, but, still, still some of my friends, you know, you can maybe also say. Absolutely. I think it's actually really cool to see that in the sense that a lot yeah. of the people who wanted to be biologists yeah. had already altered their lives in what their opinion was positive ways. Yeah. Not wanting to kill uh, and um, just, to, to, to be pacifist in the sense that they didn't want to be a part of an aggressive industry yeah. like explosive chemistry or war. Well, what know? I realized that kind of split later on, you know, you start Did. with everything. Everyone yeah. who's interested in biology, also some some people are more into, you know, the lab work where they maybe even do some experiments with animals. So you could really see yeah, that's where it gets morbid. Splitting the 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 students. The, the wheat from the shaft. You know, it's funny because I see a lot of really good, um, wholehearted students uh, in biology specifically mm -hmm. who eventually um, they are almost coerced with time. Yeah. To get into, as you mentioned, you know, yeah. um, animal sacrifice in the sense of uh, experimenting on animals yeah. over and over yeah. or in, in, in genetics or microbiology, yeah. you know, just all of these anti-life things. And I see, and I, it's a really interesting thing to see how many people who were pro-life in the beginning of their journey who come out very anti-life. But you didn't do that. I didn't do that because... Right? I never, never thought even a second about like ben, going to laboratory. He's a biologist. He's not a biologist, is he? Yeah, Bernd, of course. I know oh. him from, from. But he specialized in statistics, you say. Well, Bernd, um, in his PhD, he was more like on um, molecular biology. Okay. So he did a lot of genetics, uh, actually okay. population genetics. So he was working in a lab, but also with an ecological background. So it was right. about stress with animals, how to prevent stress and right. all that. He was working with aquacultures and, and all. I just know that now his, his computer job is just like now statistics he's a computer job. And all it's, the way. It's, that's the case yeah. for many biologists because these classical jobs, you know, you jumping out in the in a, in a forest or in a meadow right. and then catching butterflies. <laughs> yeah, this is yeah, nothing yeah. you really get paid for anymore. Yeah. And so I would say that that was the, the basic idea behind most of the students that I met and I, I yep. was like that too because you know you're not doing it for the money there's not a lot of money <laughs> in biology mm -hmm. as long as you want to you know do more the ecological part yeah yeah also not so many jobs out there at least when I when I studied and we knew all these circumstances but yet we still wanted to study it because we were just interested in and yep. that that's what I really enjoyed during that time and also that's how it kept me going because I was truly interested in the topics. I was reading books like crazy, studying yeah. all of this. I don't not looking back now, I've I spent so many hours putting all the stuff into my head. I remember your textbook it was really heavy. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think was not necessary. It, it's enough to understand. You don't need to learn numbers by heart, well, you know. Like I knew all the numbers of of all the time frames with the dinosaurs and the different time periods and all that, you yeah, know, yeah. and it was so hard for me to memorize them for just for that one exam. Yeah. And well, yeah. let's, let's, let's shift topics a yeah. little bit here. Um, I want to talk about the reform in, um, science, you know, what, why it became the way it is today, why it so, I think mm -hmm. became so destructive. And on the other hand, uh, let's, let's go back to that original question. You know, what would you tell your 20 year old self, yeah. you know, why, like today, would you would you become a doctor today? I think mm -hmm. to me is is just um, 
a lot of people don't know what they're getting themselves into yeah. until it's too late. Yeah, yeah. And I think that this is something I'd like, this is the main reason why I wanted to talk about this with uh, Smart Home Stupid People is, you know, the idea, like the, the, the underlying theme of the of the show, right? Could mm. it be that the more accommodating our environment it becomes, uh, the less or the 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 harder it becomes for us to take care of ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of people, they go into these ideas or into these fields with the idea of they're going to make life easier. They're, things are going to yeah. get better or they're, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like uh, delusions of grandeur, perhaps. But also giving up the responsibility that you make a decision yourself. I mean, I kind of just jumped into the whole thing without knowing, as you said, what well, I'm getting into myself and... I didn't do a lot of research. I didn't rethink my decision mm. because I thought I have no other options. Right. And that's what I would tell my, you know, my 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 younger <laughs> self going back. This down, what is it that you want in your life? What do you enjoy? And mm. really talk Pursue to that. other people who are in that position right now, who are students and PhD students. What do they like? What is what the, uh, what their daily um, routine looks like? Yeah. What is actually that what they're doing there? And I think then I would have probably decided I don't want to do it because I liked the research part and I liked a little bit the writing part. Mm. I didn't like the teaching too much and also not knowing what 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 I will do with this after for me mm. it was clear that I don't want to be part of the university for a long long time I enjoyed that that research part but I don't want to become a professor I don't want to go into teaching because yeah. this is what you do when you're a professor that's something so, I wanted to ask you about as well is yeah. you know what we'll talk let's get into it in a minute but you know like the what what is a professor really you know let's get into that after mm. but um for me I wanted to really say, What's the value? You know, like think of it like yep. this. If you're 20 years old and you want to uh, now pursue a really long post-secondary education, go into hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt. I mean, you didn't have to do that because you're, you're, you're in Germany. So you're very fat, fortunate that way. Yeah. But um, most people on the planet who want to you go know. into poor, yeah. you know, that's that's what they deal with, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and you have to ask yourself, why do you value it so much? And what do you think you're going to get. And, and you mm-hmm. mentioned to me many times that biology is like one of the worst paying fields or it's one of the worst paying educations ever if you don't go into big pharma and you don't go into um, mm-hmm. um, um, what, like a, a biology, like a, actually what else is there? Like, honestly, what yeah. if you're not going into big pharma, how are you making big money in uh, as a biologist, really? I mean, I would say it changed over the last couple of years. When I finished and graduated, there were not many jobs, mm. specifically not well paid. So one one possibility is to stay in university. You get paid like the tariff, you know, yeah. that's okay. Big pharma, obviously private um, or whatever, you, you make money there. Because I remember in the past, you yeah. couldn't find a job at no, all. I and now everything is biotech. Everything, yeah, well, if, you and know. also n- since the climate change and the biodiversity crisis and all that all coming that up, <laughs> all that shit. Yeah. <coughs> Sorry, there are so many positions out there now. Like I, I really could literally apply for five, six jobs. So in people a week. are really now more encouraged than ever, I think, to get these post-secondary educations because of the demand. Yeah, right. now you can really see there there is a demand and people say, no, we have to change something. We need the ecologist, we need the biologist to to tell us how right. to change things, which <laughs> is like, you know, I, you know, it's a big, big thing. But yeah, I mean, 
I've seen but, it with but you. But back then, as you said, you know, there were no so many options sure. with, with myself. And Let's take, for example, you were invited a couple of years back to um, speak at, uh, it was a, it was a, oh, what's, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, not a foundation, but it was an organization for the veterinarians yeah. uh, in, in Germany. And you and were also the, 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 the shops that kind of sell animals, right? right. It was also like a Zootier handle. All that. Yeah. So uh, interesting was you were invited to speak, mm -hmm. uh, because they had an underlying question mm -hmm. that they wanted answered. They wanted yeah. to know, can we sell rabbits as single animals? And also keep them as a single. And keep them as yeah. single animals. Do they need, uh, is, is it for their biological health? important for them to be in mm. pairs or or groups mm -hmm. and it was funny to me was because like after your large presentation you were trying to really give them more insight into the real habitat of these mm -hmm. amazing animals in 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 nature and in, yeah. in, in, in and all this like how social they are really yeah yeah you know just imagine the social uh, animal that we are as humans yeah and then ask can we keep them in solitary confinement mm -hmm. i'm like well you could <laughs> right? It's not the same. You can't compare it. Right? Uh, but they were really trying. And I just remember afterwards them standing up and asking these questions that were all kind of directed at, at well, that. Well, they right? wanted someone who tells them, you know, it's okay, go ahead, exactly. sell all these rabbits. But see, this is my point is they were actually, in my opinion, more looking for you to be their scapegoat. And what the scapegoat mm -hmm. means, you know what that means, right? Yeah. Exactly. It's it, it, this idea that they they literally, they need, huh? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mrs. Tsigi. Uh, so the 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 literal idea that they were going for, they wanted someone to say, "Yeah, you can do it." So that if someone else in the future says, "What are you talking about? You can't do this," they can say, "Oh, there's an expert." Yeah, yeah. Go Dr. hang her. Tsigi yeah. said that. Um, and basically, it, 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 I was invited because I did the research with the rabbits, and we found out that in a city. The rabbits were living more as individuals within their bar systems. Yeah. And that's how they actually came up with this idea also, you know, but, but yeah, Frau, uh, Dr. Ziege, she found that, that within the city, the rabbits are living as a single. Yeah. So that seems to prove, you know, that we can sell pet rabbits as a single individual, like an individual. Crazy. And what actually came up was that was mistake from the from the media because they picked up that line where just I said the line. rabbits live. Sometimes we found just only one rabbit in the bar system, and they made out the single rabbits in the city. Right. But see, the problem is, is that so, just because of the reason why the rabbits were living in the boroughs as singles was because there were so many rabbit yeah um, neighbors in close proximity. So they 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 actually had more social behavior. They were still social. They right? were visiting each other all the time. And for example, I mean, for me, the whole conference—it's it's not is, a one by one box. You know, it, it's it's completely different. It is. I mean, again, you know, that's why I actually kind of go more into also the shamanic shamanic stuff. And it's right. like your human natural human instinct should tell you, well, just don't put a single animal into a single cage without any conspecifics around him. Mm. I mean, obviously, this is not a good idea. <laughs> you yeah. don't need a doctor to tell you that. Yeah, right? that's brutal. Well, okay, yeah. so now let's let's go back to what doctors should tell you. Uh, I'm going to talk <laughs> about um, the, the, the Flexner report. Now, this is something I, I, I read in a book a while ago, and I had heard about this reform um, 
occurring. I didn't know what the name of the actual okay. report was. Flexner Report. Now, the Flexner Report, we're talking 1910, so over 100 years ago now. Uh, this is, uh, as I mentioned, a big reform that had occurred all throughout Canada and the U.S. And um, the Carnegie Foundation and the Rockefeller Foundation backed, like, I mean, more. there are more, a lot of foundations together, mm -hmm. but these were the two big players, specifically the Carnegie Foundation, because they specifically tasked uh, Abraham um, Flexner to go to, I think, some like a, an immense amount of uh, universities, mm -hmm. you know, like every state and every province in Canada and visit them and see what they're about and all this kind of stuff and write a report as to what are the common practices. So almost kind of like, you know, the idea of core shamanism. Let's mm -hmm. find out what core medicine is. Mm -hmm. Now, just to give a little bit of history, um, Abraham Flexner is a, an Orthodox German-American Jew. And it's important to put that into perspective because I grew up around a lot of Orthodox Jews and I think that they're some of the most narrow-minded people that I've ever met. Um, Orthodox anything, you know, same, I would say like even the Orthodox, uh, I grew up in a, in a Ukrainian area where, mm -hmm. I, where I was raised. And uh, yeah, the, the name itself already sells it. The or, exactly, <laughs> really. The, the, the name itself sells yeah. it. And uh, the amount of Orthodox uh, uh, Eastern Europeans and so on and so forth. I grew up around Romanian friends and all that stuff. These people were mental. They're absolutely off their tree, you know, like off their wagon, falling out of their tree. I mean, they're, they're, they, they, these are people that I found to be the most brutal to their children, mm. like incredibly brutal, right? Um, very angry father. Mm -hmm. I saw that every every time, right? And, mm -hmm. a, 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 amongst all denominations. And um, to, to task some, I always wondered, you know, why did they choose Abraham Flexner? That wasn't something that I could find easily. Like, why did the Carnegie Foundation really task him for something like that? Because it, it sounds like such an interesting little job. But what became of it was so large and so massive. I don't even think uh, Abraham Flexner at the time really knew the legacy he was going to leave. Bit okay. while doing this, right? Mm -hmm. And so one of the, like, what this really was is that he wrote a report saying, um, he was like, how are all the universities uh, or educational uh, facilities training their doctors? Mm -hmm. How are these titles being handed out? You know, uh, because what they wanted to do with the Car uh, Carnegie Foundation, they wanted to standardize medicine and all types of uh, education rev revolving around health mm. in order to uh, what they were talking about, you know, uh, to give it a um, a stronger value that people could trust in yeah. and blah, blah, yeah, blah. Yeah. In the end, 75% of the schools were shut down and so many doctors were just thrown out onto the street. You know, their titles were just null and void. And the big things that changed and like, just, it's, it's funny. It sounds on paper, you know, it's the same thing. Like today it's like, uh, um, fighting terrorism. Well, what does that mean? What's mm -hmm. a terrorist? You know, terrorist is anybody that's terrorizing. Well, what does that mean? You know, these are all really gray area terms that can be applied to anybody at any time. So it's, it, it, it's a very subjective concept. And, um, what happened, like I would say some of the big things that were changed or at least standardized was they said that germ theory must. So all the universities he went to where he met people, you know, professors and all that stuff that didn't agree in full with germ theory, hmm. all their educations were null and void. Okay. 
end of uh, end of story. And it's interesting because like how this became was is from what I understand, um, it, it became legislated as a uh, like a corporate entity of some sort that was then validated by the government mm -hmm. and through a lot of politic, uh, you know, swoops of the pen and all that stuff. Uh, it's like they're like they're like little magic wands, these pens that these uh, judges and politicians have. They just uh, took some things out of existence and brought other things into reality. Right. And so certain changes that were made were such as, like I mentioned, germ theory. Um, no longer did you have the ability to go to um, college or university without high school education, mm -hmm. which I think is kind of bullshit. I think that a lot of people today wouldn't agree with me on that, but I think it's absolute horseshit in the sense that if you could pass the exam, what does it matter mm. where you came from? You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. like why why do I have to institutionalize myself for five years? First, prior to uh, actually more than that, because I mean, you're not going to go into high school easily without having all the prerequisite uh, um, education before that anyway. Uh, so like grade one to grade 13 yeah. or 12 or whatever. Um, why? I just don't get it. You know, it, it's just a weird it's just one of these weird ideas that I just found it to be strange that um, that happened. So anyway, high school became a prerequisite. Alternative medical science became um, null and void. And what is alternative medical science? Well, in 2010, uh, sorry, in, in 1910, the way that he defined it was all medical science that didn't um, follow the, the, the scientific um, procedure. So what he's really getting into is, is that they also said all pre-preventative health measures were no longer included in mm -hmm. anything. So mm -hmm. he then said, from now on, um, the new reform is going to be that doctors only uh, uh, cure diseases. They don't prevent them. Okay. And that was, a that was I think, probably the most found, fundamental change in that industry. And this mentality was then cascaded over to all the other different sciences and so on and so forth. And a lot of these universities, institutions, um, they became more and more, and so not just the me the medical doctor world. I'm saying I, I, I haven't found the exact split as to where chemistry and biology um, really became their own mm -hmm. entity. I'm going to look into that for next time. Uh, but it, it's that's something, that's a question I still have in my head as to when did that become its own world and, and where did all those prerequisites come from? Um, because I definitely, I, I saw that over here in Germany that at the turn of the century, there was this huge debate as to whether etheric sciences are real or not. And it was deemed not real. And yep. in um, Eastern Europe, it was actually punishable by death. Well, mm. death by going to gulag till death. Uh, if, if you were to say that um, Einstein physics were not right and that ether physics are still correct, mm. right? Like that was, that was a huge thing. Um, and it's funny now because there's a huge uh, upheaval right now since the uh, the new telescope has been launched, the mm -hmm. James Webb telescope. Mm -hmm. Now there's all this stuff coming out saying, hey, guys, the Big Bang may not have happened and it looks like the ether theory is coming back. <laughs> <laughs> so it's actually really interesting to see that 100 years later after the ether theory was kind of like made taboo, we're looking back at it and saying, hey, guys, it looks like it, it it's going to be a thing again. Yeah. Um, but going back to the, uh, the, the Flexner report, 
Um, to me, the Flexner report is is this institutionalization and coercion between government and private institution that ended up getting rid of a lot of worldviews that I think in the end harmed us a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, and so a lot of these worldviews were talking like osteopaths were almost thrown off grid, except for a couple osteopath schools that were allowed to stay around because of the way that they were able to um, show Western techniques in osteopath science. Um, vaccine. That was another big one. Here's actually a, a quote uh, from him in, in the Flexner report. He said, uh, Flexner, clear, Flexner clearly doubted the scientific validity of all forms of medicine other than that based on scientific research. Deeming any approach to medicine that did not advocate the use treatment such as vaccines to prevent and cure illnesses as treatment for quackery uh, and charlatanism. And I find that funny that vaccination became this huge thing for disease prevention, whereas that was actually one of the mar- the things, the marks in the in the Flexner report, that the schools are no longer going to focus on disease, pre- mm. on, on disease prevention through health in the sense mm-hmm. that like... Um, exercise and eating properly mm-hmm. that that stuff is gone <laughs> but chemicals and that. drugs they're they're back on the table yeah, because you can make money with that well regardless yeah, yeah. well you know the vitamins all that stuff that's gone drugs chemicals good mm-hmm. so i find that to be actually very fascinating that there's this all there's also this uh, this uh, dichotomy going on in there um mm. but just to kind of round it up like this idea of um alternative medical prevention um, and the prerequisites for the scientific method, right? This became, uh, for some reason, it was very interesting in these large organizations to push forward and put into government and to legislate and make it so that anybody out there who were doing what they called back in the time as energy sciences, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, uh, aura cleansing, all that kind of stuff. A lot of the stuff that, you know, it it, it was kind of like the 19... It was the 1900s version of uh, of witch burning, right? Mm-hmm. Anybody that didn't follow into the Western program were just witches and they were looked at as t- these taboo crazy people, mm-hmm. right? Um, and now that you, it's funny, you know, you going into this whole sh- shaman world, leaving biology and going into shamanism is a very interesting transition because it's it's really, yeah, it's it's the same thing in the sense that you're now seeing more value there. And yeah. in the beginning, this guy, like I mentioned, he's an orthodox dude, um, had no room in mm-hmm. his mind mm-hmm. for anything that didn't follow a specific program, right? It's 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 yeah. a it's a very destructive thing. And the fact that that got legislated and still to this day, the universities that are allowed to hand out doctoral certificates, and this is why like it's it's important in the show, is like, what is a doctor and where does it come from? So everything you said was correct. Mm-hmm. But as of 1910, it was very it was very narrowly constricted, right? It became very um, niche. And all of a sudden, the big thing, you know, a lot of the papers that I read talked about a lot of the poor people in North America, for example, that no longer had access to this type of education. Because in that, at that time in 1910, for example, you had universities for black people. They did, they did, you know what I mean? Like they, mm-hmm. they, they were still Negro universities, uh, colored universities, whatever you want to call them. Mm-hmm. And uh, most out of all of the universities that survived, I think that in the end, 33 sort of universities survived, a nice number like that. Two of them were for colored people. And most and, and all the, the colored universities that were closed, these were a lot of universities that were going into uh, a lot of the alternative medicines. 
right? Mm -hmm. uh, for for healing and so on and so forth. So it is. I, I kind of threw this all at you right now. I, I know you've <laughs> never heard of a lot of this stuff before, but now that you are a shamanic practitioner as well, and you want to talk to someone, maybe your 20-year-old self again, mm -hmm. and say, hey, uh, maybe you should think twice before going back yeah. in there. I think yeah, one yeah. of the big things to look at is, as I mentioned, the origin of westernization of of information of of science and the doctor title do you take it seriously do you believe this should be happening for mm -hmm. me it's kind of a travesty when you look at it how they took so much great information that was passed on over thousands of years very accurate information you know like such as uh um, when my when my parents well, my, at least my mom on her side when they were younger. Yeah. Maybe your parents had this too, you know, eating cod liver oil, like fish oil, yeah, yeah. straight, straight yeah, from yeah. the spoon, you know. Yeah, yeah. These kind of things, we don't have that anymore. In our yeah. system, you know, and, and that dwindled with time and there were a whole bunch of fermentation practices yeah. and so on and so forth that obviously with modern technology has also gone away. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I gave you a whole bunch of information right <laughs> here. Uh, but my big question to you then here now is after just kind of going over the Flexner report, um, does that relate at all to you in, in, in your bio biology world? Like, do you find that a lot of what they teach seems to be institutionalized f on, with like a very narrow mind? Or is it still yeah. based in reality? Like, is, is the information that you get or the lifestyle that you're given uh, or the worldview that you've given, mm -hmm. you're given um, doing biology? I know you didn't do chemistry or physics, but, you know, in, in, a, in a philosophical doctorate point of view... Um, is it relevant in reality? Because it seems to me that mm -hmm. the at least the medical industry, they just chopped out most of reality and focused on a tiny little sliver yeah. they knew they could monetize. Yeah, that's yeah. what that's what the Flexner report to me says, right? Yeah, I mean, mm, I don't really know how to how to answer that one. <laughs> well, very yeah. simply, like, look, let's let's go back to your twenty year old self. Um, yeah. Would you say the worldview, like to me, education, mm. the only purpose education has in reality is to help people mm -hmm. uh, connect to reality. Mm -hmm. That's it. There yeah. is no other purpose. Uh, it brought me even further away from <laughs> realizing what I would call now reality. Okay. Like, how do you take something as like like the 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 science and study of life and make yeah. it not realistic? Like that's that's, that's a very that's, good question. By keeping out the spiritual part. By keeping okay. out the idea that everything around us um, has a spirit itself is, you know, there is a certain energy to it and that you can connect with everything that is around you. See, that's exactly what the Flexner Report said, is yeah. that all energy sciences that couldn't be measured mm -hmm. are null and void. And to yeah. me, that was the biggest point of yeah. stupidity that I, I noticed in that was that just mm -hmm. because you can't measure it yet yeah. doesn't mean it's garbage and it's you know, and absolutely, that you're going to throw it absolutely. away. Absolutely, and it's basically that's what is science. You know, you you want to measure it, but with, for example, the shamanic approach, mm. it's not something you can really object objectively measure. It's a very personal experience that you can only report. Well, here, about here's it. here's I think this is something that I've been always looking at, right? Yeah. And and you as a biologist, let you know you you you've written papers about sensory, for example, about stress. You've written yeah. books about that. Yeah. Do we have the ability with our technology to measure everything that the body can sense? I would no, 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 not to my extent. <laughs> so my if we cannot measure yeah. everything the body can sense, yeah, 
then how logical is it to throw yeah. out all the information that we cannot measure? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Makes it, no it's sense. Just, uh, it's just how it has that uh, English word. It's, um, um, <laughs> I don't know the word right now. It's ignorance. Yeah. Well, it is, but okay, look, it, it, there, you have simple ignorance, you have complex ignorance. It's yeah. it's comp, It's simple ignorance to say we don't know, but it's complex ignorance to say we don't know, we don't want to know. Yeah, I think for for many scientists, they really don't believe in in the possibility that there's more that we can really, you know, measure with our senses or being aware of what, what's happening with our senses. Mm. And therefore, it doesn't exist. It's yeah. not that they, that they don't, don't, I don't know. It's just not existing because they can't think about it. They can't believe that yeah. something like that could happen. We have here, um, they're probably just not allowed to prevent illness because there's no money in that. That's what you said, yeah, essentially. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you'll yeah. never hear a doctor recommend something as simple as oil of oregano. And that's interesting. You yeah. know, when my yeah, father, yeah. Um, he was in the hospital with leukemia, he said that oil of oregano was like the only thing that gave him enough energy to mm. open his eyes and breathe properly. Mm. You know, because breathing hurt uh, after he, he did like a couple rounds of radiation and multiple chemos, yeah, uh, yeah, bone yeah. marrow, uh, um, uh, stem cell, like all that stuff, right? Like mm -hmm. crazy, right? And mm -hmm. and and now uh, decades later, the, uh, he's not human anymore. You mm -hmm. know, you can tell that a big part of him was destroyed with that procedure that never came back and it degraded yeah. with time yeah. like a, like crazy. And uh, this is to me, you know, seeing my father go through that, uh, this is a big reason why I'll never take cancer treatment for ever for anything. It's just I, just me personally. I don't yeah. know how everybody else feels about that, but for what I've seen from friends of mine going through cancer treatments, not worth it. Just, I mean, just my logical you know, human mind tells me that, you know, just putting on radiation and 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 pure yeah. poison into your body in order to kill cells, also the 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 healthy cells, and really suppress the immune system of the body. Which yeah. is the best way to heal yourself? It, it doesn't make any sense to me, and I, I've, you know, luckily I've never had the situation for me right now to make that decision. Right. Also, not in my family. That's why I, I don't know how it really is. But I know from, for example, Beth Martins or you know other other people who, who tried everything. Yeah, for Nothing you guys worked. out there, Beth Martins is another person on Rockfin. Go and check her yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, she has really good Madeline content. Madeline did a little, like a one-hour or two-hour well, yeah, consultation with her. Yeah, we had a couple her. consultations yeah. already and with she's her. a fantastic lady from Winnipeg. And yeah. um, uh, why don't you tell us about Beth Yeah, Martins also her story that she, she had cancer. I don't know actually which ones. I think she had I think also, it was lymphoma. Yeah, lymphoma. I think so. And she tried everything, you know, with the chemo and everything, and nothing worked. So she was so done with her life. Yeah. But then at that very moment where she gave up, she really realized that this was not a punishment, but more a sign from life to show her that the way she lived so far was not the right thing. She yeah. she couldn't go any further with this. And once she realized that she had also, I think, some visions and also kind of like an outer body experience, something yeah. like that, where she came back and she realized this is what she, in order to heal, she has to change her life. She was also told that she was sterilized from yeah. the treatment and that she'd never have kids. Yeah, these kind of things, you yeah. know, and then and lo and she, behold, she, she had, had her a, first kid in her forties. Yeah, she had a son then, right? So. Yeah, and she, and she had no idea because she was she wasn't using any prophylactic <laughs> protection or anything like well, that. She, not probably she didn't care about it either way. Yeah, but the point was, it was not was not even in her mind. Yeah, yeah and yeah, all of yeah. a sudden she's pregnant. You yeah. know, so. But I've seen that also with myself and, and and friends around me that you know doctors say, oh, this is not possible. You have to take these uh, medicaments and these drugs in order to heal. 
that when mm. when I had my eating disorder, I had so many issues going on. <laughs> like yeah. I didn't know where to start with that. And just giving me love, food and rest, that was what that was, was needed yeah. to heal all the stuff. Like they even said I have um, multi multiple sclerosis and bladder, something with bladders. I don't know, all that stuff. Also not being able to conceive. Yeah. And within a couple months, eating healthy, being loving and kind to myself, changing my lifestyle and just really, you know, be um, a spiritual human yeah. being, I could heal most of it and even be able to conceive, right? So, so it's funny, um, uh, the band Van Pletzen, a South African band, uh, their keyboardist Nax, he, um, he got really, really drunk at a festival. So mm -hmm. drunk to the point where they were about to airlift him out of there, right? <laughs> oh my God. And he said that he was so out of his mind, sick, you know, from alcohol poisoning, drunk, drunk, yeah, drunk. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, you know, mixing with drugs, who knows? Uh, and um, while he was laying there uh, in, in like the emergen emergency tent, right? Because it was a, it was a, it was a, like yeah. an outdoor concert. Uh, he had a, an epiphany almost. He, he had mm. a, his, his, <laughs> How can I best say this? Like without without like having to paint a picture for it first. I'll just go out and say it. His organs started talking to him. Yeah. <laughs> and he said that probably his liver's like, stop it. But <laughs> no, but take it anymore. <laughs> he he had it's one of these things you learn uh, in life to be good to other people, you know. Even in, in yeah. Catholic school, that's what I learned. Even when they were brutal to me, be good to other people or I'll beat you. Yeah. And that was it's one of these things, you know, <laughs> it's a very simple thing, be good to others, you know, even the two commandments of Christ, yeah. you know, uh um Love thyself and love thy neighbor. Finished, yeah. right? Um, even if that means that you have to overstep yourself, right? To yeah. even if you have to suffer in order to make other people happy, and that's a very common thing that I learned myself too. You know, mm -hmm. it doesn't care. It doesn't matter what you want, as long as everyone else is happy around you. <laughs> well, what he was saying was that, um, yeah, you're filled with this idea of being a good person, but he's like, but are you really good to yourself? Mm -hmm. Do you listen to yourself? Yeah. And he said that in that moment, his organs were yelling at him, yeah. saying, "You don't treat us with respect. Yeah. You don't. You don't. Uh, you don't acknowledge us. You know. Yeah. You're 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 abusing us. Yeah. And in that moment, he, he came out of it. He's he stopped drinking. He hasn't had a drop of alcohol in like I don't know, like eight or nine months now since then. Uh, and the reason is was because his his uh, organs were telling him to to love him. Yeah, they were saying we 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 just want you to be kind to us. And yeah, so, and so it was a funny like a, almost a spiritual journey for him to do yes. that because of the abuse that he had put himself under. Yeah, right? it's it's I mean it's a sad story that it has to come that far. <laughs> well, and this is the thing, you and know, it doesn't need to be. I mean, yeah. that's what I see. Illnesses like. Cancer is really yeah. the last, last, last warning from yeah. your body. It's telling that you have to change something in your life. I mean, I had a, a deep depression. I had a burnout. Mm. What else? I don't know. Eating disorder until I really understood what's going hair on. Loss. You know? yeah, I remember when I met you, you yeah. lost a lot of your hair and all yeah. that. You know, being stressed. sick in so many places in my body well, and so, still pushing. For so now the, we go back to that same thing. 20 yeah. years old and you're yeah. about to tell yourself if you follow this path, you're going to end up with massive health issues. Yeah. Um, you're going to end up with uh, like a, a worldview collapse. Yeah. Which maybe is a good thing. I was thinking about this too the other day where... Um, yeah. How... Like, I think that it's so important to leave religion and to come back to it if you want to. Mm. But if you've never, ever, ever 
been raised in an environment with any type of spiritual background, mm -hmm. right? Now, religion isn't to me necessarily a spiritual background from my mm -hmm. opinion today, but it, it still has this infrastructure that prepares you for that when you're yeah, younger. Yeah. And um, I know a lot of people here in Germany that never, ever had any uh, like you, pretty much. I mean, uh, don't have any exposure to spirituality or religion in the house or in the school nope. or in society nope. at all. No, it's true. Never had that. And I, to me, I think that a lot of the epiphanies that I had in my life came from that early age, you know, mm -hmm. uh, early teenage to uh, mid-20s where I decided to leave that and, and, and mm -hmm. change my entire mm -hmm. par paradigm and spectrum, right? Yeah. And so I don't know, like, I mean, if, if I were to have a, a, a child today, I don't know what to do because in the sense that how can, how can somebody experience that without it? In your case, you ended up experiencing it because of the fallacies of the institution. Mm -hmm. So to you, the institution was your religion. And it wasn't yeah. until you chose it's to question true. it. It's true. That you had the opinion to rebuild yourself. And and for me, it began my 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 real spiritual journey when I left religion mm. in my early teens. And for you, it began in your mid-30s. Yeah, absolutely. Right? When the pressure got too too high. And also, as you said, you know, all these things they were promising, they weren't there for me. No. I didn't get a job after that. I didn't had like a lot of money. <laughs> like, you didn't look at the world in a very great no, way. No, I didn't feel like I was really like bringing something new and important to the world. <laughs> like I felt just empty and not fulfilled at I, all. In my opinion, I think that a lot of um, med students... Uh, doctor students you yeah. know it uh, doesn't matter of the uh, what field i think that the reason why maybe 5% of the people with a doctoral education cuz i would say maybe 5% use it mm. right so mm. i think it's it, 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 here yeah yeah what do you, what would you say like how many percent <laughs> of the actual people graduate and of those graduates how many percent of them actually work in the field they studied mm. it's so small it's teeny tiny right yeah, I mean, most of the stuff I don't need with my job right now. It's like, you know, right. what I really like with the PhD is that you learn to organize yourself, to, to think very complex, problem solving, work in a team. You can learn that through Taoism. I mean, of course, you, know, you don't you know, have to go to university need, yeah, for that. You don't need to, 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 to do that. You don't that, come to schools for that. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> as, I, as I said, you know, again, if I would go back, I would tell yeah. myself uh, to, to use that time something else. I would have... Probably, maybe I would have gone back to university and uh, become an artist or something like that, or started just working. I would have definitely gone back to Berlin because that was for me the main pain point. <laughs> yeah. That I I hated Frankfurt. I just didn't like that whole city. And for seven years or a little less, I wasn't there for all seven years. Uh, I really dragged myself <laughs> through this, and that was the worst yeah. thing because. I like the topic, I like really the, the whole rabbit story behind that, but Frankfurt was just not, not my place to be. And yeah. I was longing so much to go back to Berlin, to my family, my friends, that um, I was really, really sad whenever mm -hmm. I had to leave, you know, to go back to Frankfurt. And I felt it like really, yeah, that was me. Yeah, here, I'm going to bring up this picture like here. My doctoral the little yeah. hat and I had a, even my Oops. my good a good friend of mine he organized the rabbit fur 
Yeah, actually, we'll do this one. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So look at you. This is uh, this is you. Um, it's funny enough, you know, as I said, with the, with the arts class, you see the giraffe in the background. Yeah. Um, so that was actually a sticker, wall sticker, but the the drawings of the grass, you know, and the there's a leaf up. It was painted on the wall. I, I painted that actually on the wall. Oh yeah, you mentioned that. I remember yeah. that. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And so this is you with your thesis in your hand. Yeah. Um, so this is the other thing, you know, uh, to wrap things up, we didn't really do a good job of uh, explaining to people, what do you do to become a doctor? You know, obviously mm. you have to, like we're talking, you can go out and get your, 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 um, your master's, you know, mm -hmm. after you've gotten your bachelor's or whatever prerequisites you require. After your master's, you're not a doctor. Right, you, you're a biologist, but you're not a doctor. You're yeah. you're, you're a chemist, but you're, you're not a doctor. Not allowed so to, to, to what carry is, that title? <laughs> yeah, what is this doctor title, and why is it so cherished? I think it has actually that you know the cherish is going back really to the beginning, as I said in early um, centuries, sixth centuries, because it was not everyone could get it. You had to really have that sure, permission and what going, is it? What do you have to do to get it? Well, you know? it, that that really depends on the the doctor, the the kind of doctor that you want to do. Like yeah. for me, with the biology and also depending on the university, right? Um, it's very common in the natural science that you have a so called Cumulative, cumulative. How do you say that in, in yeah, English? Yeah, the English word is. Uh, it's the same thing in English, but if I try to pronounce it right now, I'll just get confused. <laughs> it basically Co means cumulative. Yeah, okay. Anyway. It basically means like you see the doctoral thesis I have in my hand. This is not one big story, but it's actually culminating. It's co yeah. co combined of yeah. uh, different papers that I was already publishing that I published during my PhD time. Mm -hmm. And actually, I just wrote it around a summary um, around that. But that, yeah. for me, the prerequisites for really being there, you know, having that <laughs> that hat on my uh, head. Which, which for you guys, you can see Madeline's doctor hat. Um, <laughs> in, in biology, it's custom that they make it like themselves. Like, biology in like every, arts and crafts. Every subject. No, for every I mean, well, MDs, title. they get these nice velvet ones with the golden rope and all that shit. It really depends. Actually, it's very common that your research groups and your colleagues, they... Okay. they so you it's know, university dependent then. Okay. Make that uh, in in, in the US, I think they got more that... Uh, yeah, that's different. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. kind of like, no, Ir like Irish dance over there. It's it's like all dolls and uh, <laughs> and makeup and like, okay. you know, Yeah, and you get that these, these self-met heads that actually fit your the, te the, the topic of your... Yeah. research so i had the rabbits and you know like um, all that mm -hmm. so yeah but as i said the the prerequisites are that you have to have a certain amount of publications yeah with frankfurt it needed to be two accepted or i think one accepted and two submitted which mm -hmm. is also difference you know you can submit them but it may take another year for them to be accepted right so that's that's something else and you have to be the first author so you actually are the most responsible person you have Doesn't to have write to a, it has to be a unique topic too doesn't it not well you can only publish a paper of course if something new or something that adds value to to a topic so of course it has to be new that's the prerequisite mm -hmm. of every phd that right. you are adding new and valuable information and to i a always subject. found this to be kind of bullshit because how do you know it's new? Because you do the research before. No, no. How do you know it hasn't been done by another school? How do you know that another yeah, student again, hasn't you, already done you, it? Yeah, well, that can happen that meanwhile, when you start, you know, and someone else somewhere, well, somewhere, somewhere else does it. If they published all their information to a channel that you don't have access to, how do you well, know? Well, usually when you're in university, you have access to all the channels. And also what you do is, well, you should do when you are interested mm -hmm. in a certain topic, 
you should go to the professor who is the main guy or you know the main woman well, what, for that topic. What about topic. like China or Russia or 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 uh, Emirates? I mean, you got like you know, I mean, like there are so many papers and topics that were written in other languages and so on and so forth. Yeah. I, I, I find it to be very interesting that that's uh, your own fault then. The, yeah, <laughs> but even to me, the idea of how papers are published, I find to be uh, yeah. quackery. It is absolutely. Once right? you go through that the first time, you just really you know slap your yourself in the head and say, yeah. what the fuck is that here yeah, exactly someone like you 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 um i think we talked about this how to actually work you submit the the, the paper your manuscript to a mm. journal you have the editor he looks through it again it's like okay that's work work with our topic area and then he sends it to other scientists who have like a kind of clue around that, about that someone says this is amazing work you know you can publish like that the other guy says this is the the, the worst shit i've ever seen yeah. <laughs> and he was like how can that be you know it's the same how can someone say like this is perfect yeah this guy says this is bullshit so i had that a couple mm. times actually where i really asked myself like this seems to be so random and i yeah. i've been in a review on myself you know yeah. like some journals came to me and say oh we have a rabbit study here can you have a look at it and i said well i can but actually i don't really know anything about this method well uh, we don't care you just have to read through this <laughs> and it's like Hmm. Mm -hmm. So, so how how valuable is it in the end, really? Yeah. Well, after what I've seen, um, I you know, there's a reason I walked away from it because right. I just I felt it was very random, and there's a lot of politics involved as well. You know, specifically if you have so-called uh, conflicts, interest, interesting conflicts, mm -hmm. that you know another person is working within the same field, and you become the the reviewer. You of course don't want your you know, competitor right. to publish this. So, so it, it is, it is like a business, I yep. would say, you know, it's really about the, the currency here is the number of, um, of papers or publications yeah. and the, the quality, the quantity and quality. Mm -hmm. And this is also through how universities, um, build up their reputations. Same thing. So it's all connected. That, that was a big thing is I even saw that, like we did a, an episode on this in the past, you know, like about papers and publishing and, and, yeah. and really, how a lot of students are really just used. As I mentioned before, you know, there's only a small... Also professors. It's not about only the students, but everyone yeah. who's working in that field. You know, when you go there and you apply as a professorship, what they want you to see is like a huge record of really mm. good publications. And, you know, usually once you have the position, they, they you're safe, but still you have to have that output. That's why yeah. everyone is so under so much pressure. Yeah. Yeah, and they just push the pressure down to the next level. Well, what I'm saying is, is that uh, it, it it seems to me that a great number, the the real money machine, is actually training people who will not succeed. That's the real money machine mm. because it seems to me that here in in Germany, education is paid for. Doesn't mean that the institution's not getting their money. You know, they they no. might they may very well be making more money here than in the U.S. or from somewhere else. Mm. You just, it's just not coming out of your pocket. It's coming out of a, a different pool of money. Yeah. And well, specifically tax money. Tax money. Yeah. Uh, so, and, and to, well, our taxes here are ridiculously high. And, and I, you know, I've had a few people try to explain to me, like, what little tiny sliver of tax taxation money actually comes back to us mm. in a society. And it's crazy small. Yeah. And when you think of it, like, if the universities did a better job in the beginning, not even universities, I mean, just Western education in general, of guiding people to a successful life, mm -hmm. not just an education, through a successful life, 
Um, I would say, like, as you've mentioned before, how many people don't make it through the PhD program, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How many people don't make it through? I think today there are more people making it through masters than there probably were back then diploma, from what I understand. I don't know that. Uh, I don't know. I don't yeah. know the statistics. But nevertheless, the point is, is that the the um, the amount of people who go through education that never use their education afterwards, um, mm. it just it seems to me like a lot of money was traded hands for, for no and and life was was exhausted for no real reason other yeah. than uh, a big money machine that was able to make a cash grab. That's how I still see it. I might be a bit uh, negative or a bit. Uh, um, can't think of the word right now, but it doesn't matter. Mm. The point is, is that it, that I you know I might have this this negative view of the mm-hmm. whole machine because mm-hmm. that's just how I perceive yeah, yeah. it. Yeah. But is it really different in the sense that stress, life, energy, all that stuff, it's being exchanged for something, and I think it's important to understand what it is. Yeah. Right. You know, and now we talk about it on maybe more of a an esoteric level. What kind of demons are you letting into your life when you're not aware of these things? Yeah, right? absolutely. And, and, I mean, and how long does it take you to get rid of that garbage and mm-hmm. this baggage? You know, I've, <laughs> I'm seeing you work through it now, right? Still, yeah, yeah, still. Yeah. Well, you know, looking back, it has to. It kind of it all makes sense for me now why I ended up there, why I had a very narcissistic sure. supervisor. You know, I had just that energy attracting to mm. to me from what I've experienced so far, and I, I didn't understand what was happening to me. I was yeah. very subconscious. And I think made, had you not gone through that stress, obviously there would have been a big part of your life lesson that was never learned. You know, absolutely. I really needed that in order to wake up from yeah. uh, from so much stuff. And basically, you know, I'm very thankful for this experience. Mm. Uh, again, you can always say, you know, I should have known better, but. I didn't. <laughs> so, you don't need to. I think. And this... I'm. I'm. I'm still also. I'm very proud of myself that I. You know, kind of made it through this. Sure. Although I, there were a lot of um, situations where I really felt like I have to give up here. Like I can't do this anymore. Yeah. But that's also scary to think about because I was so much driven by this idea. I want to prove everyone that I'm able to do it that I mm. almost killed myself over it. Just, you know, and that seemed to be more important than my own health, which right. is scary. So now let's go to the, the last couple questions that I have. Oh. Um, before we go to the very last one, explain real quickly uh, professorship then, because the, uh, a lot of people think that the PhD is the the highest uh, mm-hmm. um, uh level of education that you could receive it's it, yeah it but, says but i would say i'm basically it's the professor because it's also like a title you're a professor doctor yeah so that you get on top of your phd you get off top on that yeah but it's a little complicated because in order to be a professor you have to have actually a position at the university you have to get a job there yeah. and 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 be the head of a of a research group as a professor yeah. this is basically what and a professor y- does you mentioned before that uh, to me in private that uh, all the people who don't get a job in the university but meet all the prerequisites of being a professor mm-hmm. there's another name for that here is it's called privatdozent which is kind of like a private lecturer Something like that. Is that that? a title that you get on top of your name? Yeah, you can actually have that in front of it, like a PD doctor, (laughs) so-and-so. All right. Yeah, in order to show... I'm sorry. Basically, I could be a professor, but, you know, I haven't got the position yet. It's funny, in in French, PD means gay, but... uh, (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) It's the gay doctor. All right, that's different. Anyways. So so the professorship, is is it just another... uh, But to me, it's not necessarily something that has to do with education as much as um, maybe 
credits in the sense like you have to teach for a certain amount of time. Yeah. You have to uh, get involved. So it's more of a social program than it is um, yeah. well, an, an educational uh, research. The way it works, I'm not so sure about the American versions or other versions, but at least in, in Europe, you have the PhD, then you have the postdoc time, which could mm. be like a four, five, six years postdoc, which means you pick another research project and then you also supervise students yourself, like yep. other PhDs, and you just go up a little, you know, more ladder and you also teach more. And through that, you you come up with some credits in, in teaching at the university, mm -hmm. also doing more research, so you will publish more. And at the end, you can either apply for an open position as a yep. professor, you know, someone just offers you like, oh, we have a professor of zoology here. Mm -hmm. And then you can go there, it's like, you know, I have this and this credits. But here's only the, at a school that accepts it maybe that works yeah. yeah and then they can hire you and you can actually start or you you, you do a so-called habilitation which means okay. it's like another qualification like a bridging program almost yeah no no it's not a bridging program it's more like i, I think it, it used to be more like that in the past nowadays you can go maybe a little bit you don't really need a habilitation you just go okay. to the university which offers a position and say you know i have this and this and that would that be enough okay and then they say okay but usually how it works that how I've seen it is that you write everything together that you mm. publish so far and also all the the lectures you just list it and then you hand it in as a habilitation is 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 kind of like a PhD work yeah. but for the stuff that you did during your postdoc time Okay. So, and then you hand it in and say, you know, this is what I did and then you give a, a lecture mm. that you also show the ability of presenting and teaching mm. And then there is like a same as you know with my defense, you have some people in front that judge you and yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> giving you the okay, it yeah. looks good, you can actually so teach. So to to boil it down, then uh, very simply, the PhD, the doctor title, uh, yeah. specifically now we're talking about uh, biology, chemistry, uh, physics, geology, this kind of stuff. Um, the title is essentially a, a large research program that you have a topic that you've chosen for yourself you can you right? can also pick one that's where you already have, there where you've published one yeah. or many depending yeah. on the institution and the requirements papers that have been accepted and yeah. peer reviewed and actually put out there yeah. from what i understand in order to publish papers you have to pay for it or the university will fund it if it's interesting to them or how does that work um, that depends on the journal if it's a so-called open access that right. means if it's online everyone can access it you have to pay for it usually it's about thousand euros something okay. but uh, this is basically the university takes over the costs if they have enough money usually they have like a pot yeah, yeah, money yeah. of that and then you apply say you know I have my uh, my, my, my paper here yep. how does it look like and I say well we have still money left or don't and you know you, you try next year or something I yeah. actually was always lucky because all my papers were paid by university it's funny I was looking uh, into um, the, the Flexner report mm -hmm. and a lot of that had to do with um, you know we're talking about the Carnegie Foundation and then later on uh, the Rockefeller Foundation there's mm -hmm. a, a nice word that's called an endowment Mm -hmm. And it, I was looking into what an endowment is and um, how they're made and so on and so forth. And the best that I can understand what an endowment really is, it's kind of a, uh, it's a fund 
where anybody could kind of like invest into it, but the endowment fund might have different sections into mm -hmm. it uh, for different purposes. So that if you want your money to be used for a specific thing over the years, mm -hmm. uh, you would invest in an endowment fund. And mm -hmm. the universities, uh, specifically, I heard that uh, Harvard has the largest endowment fund on the planet, right? Um, it's some in the number of billions mm -hmm. and that means that and, and this fund would then be used for from what i understand things like that in order to publish papers yeah, uh, yeah. for upcoming scientists and so on and so forth so that's so if the money's not coming from um taxation like it does over here then in the u.s they tend to have these huge endowment funds from what i understand yeah. that's that's where a lot of that money okay. can be used for as well yeah um so over here again um Again, to summarize it, like I mentioned, you have to publish, you have to uh, have a topic that's unique, uh, you you have to do field work. You have to well for you as a biologist, obviously. Yeah. So there's, I mean, the 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 the, the typical um, scientific method, right? So you have your abstract uh, hypothesis, summary, yeah. conclusion, results, uh, methodologies, yeah, yeah, yeah. all that stuff is probably yeah. listed, uh, peer reviewed. Um, yeah. And what peer-reviewed means is, as you were mentioning, in a paper, which honestly doesn't really mean a lot when you look at it really objectively, sometimes mm. the peer review could be amazing. Sometimes it I can had, be worth I had, nothing. I had some peer reviews that were so helpful for yeah. really improving the quality of my manuscript that I was yeah. very thankful for. You know, they, tr they gave me yeah. hints like how to do the better statistics and all that. But some you could just realize that they they didn't give a shit, you know. <laughs> they just wanted to get yeah, that yeah, off yeah. their their or, desk. Or as as you've expressed in the past, you know, uh, Chinese universities paying you to have it published, so you could actually have another uh, university or another person pay for you to have it published, so long as their name gets put on it. It's it's all about you know who you know and where you've been. Yeah, and yeah. having the name on a publication. And yeah. that's the thing too is that as some people they kind of like buy their way into it. Right? Yeah, I mean, what I w always liked was corporations, you know, when... Cooperation. Uh, cooperations. Yeah, corporation is No, a, cooperations. Is a yes. <laughs> that I, for example, now I have some data, but it's so long time ago for me for statistics that I went to my good friend Bant <laughs> yeah. and tell him, you know what, can you do the statistics? I'll take you, I'll, I'll take you on to the paper. And then we both have something out of it. Yeah. You know, you do something I can't do and then you're on the paper too and we're all happy. Yeah, yeah. Well, what but that, that's a proper corp cooperation. Yeah. I mean, the negative cooperation that I've seen done is like you were talking about in the past, where yeah, uh, exactly. Like Chinese, like your your professor came to you and said, "Hey, um, I want you to um, be or to to have them on your paper." And then you're like, "Well, they didn't do anything." Yeah, well, they'll pay for everything. No, no, it's what it usually is like when you have your paper to your name, you have an affiliation, which yeah. means it's what well, you belong to a certain. Uh, he wanted university. you to be affiliated to a university you've yeah, never been and, to. and he said, you know, oh, well, crooked. you can actually. Um, what What about you? You take that affiliation from the uni university in China where I'm right now. And it's like, I've never been there. Why would I do that? <laughs> Is that because, you know, for every paper that you publish to that university, you get money. It's like, well, that's nice, but still, I don't want to do this because I, I've never been there. I don't have anything to do with that university. In the end, you told me that other students tr did that because yeah. he convinced them and then he got no money yeah, anyway. Yeah, there was no money at the end. Oh, so so they sold their soul and they got fucked. Absolutely. Oh, that's nice. That's yeah. that's that's, good. I was, that's karma. You know, again, back then, right? I would tap myself on the shoulders like, well done, Maddie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember when that happened, when yeah. you were like, 
No way. Yeah, right? I didn't even think about it. That felt so wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was lying. It's lying. Right? It is. I yeah. mean, absolutely. And yeah. then every then you know that everybody else who reads that paper, you know that the accolades are all f fake. And it makes you wonder now when you do read papers, if any of those names on those papers have anything to do or the affiliations, if any of it's even accurate yeah, anymore. Yeah, I know. Right? But I was even back then, I could have risked the whole my whole PhD for that. Absolutely. You know, just like really uh, giving false false credit for something. Yeah. yeah. Crazy. Crazy. For a couple hundred dollars. <laughs> like, <laughs> Not worth it. It's amazing, right? Yeah. It's 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 almost to me, it should be like a mandatory test that like yeah. if people take it, yeah, you should yeah. like it's it's good there, you're, you're out of here. You know? Yeah. because I think that ethics is something that's that's no longer a part of the uh the study anymore. Right? I actually was responsible for uh, the scientific ethics in um in the graduate school I was working for. So okay. I gave lecture about how you should you know, work as a scientist. Yeah. There are some ethics, of course, you know, you shouldn't. Was this before or after you said no to the, uh, to the, to <laughs> the, to the blood money? Before too. <laughs> um, yeah. So no fake data and, and really, you know, as, as good to your best knowledge to, yeah. uh, to produce the data and research and right. uh, the statistics and all that. Plagiarism, but that kind of thing. I've seen it many times because the, the, the students are under so much pressure. They know that if they, they don't publish do? yeah. high ranking, good quality papers that, you know, they're out of the system and yeah. there is no, there are not so much op options. And like you, them. you, you didn't have your, you weren't being paid while you were doing that. So you were living no, I wasn't. like below the poverty line in order to get Pretty your education. I, I have friends of mine actually uh, from Berlin that grew up that while they were going to university because university is paid for to a degree. Like, I mean, it's still pay for it here, but it's a couple thousand a semester instead of no, or, or for the year. No, even less. Like you, you pay a couple hundred for the semester yeah. and that includes the, 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 the whole procession and, all that and the subway fare, which yeah. is the... the 80% of, you know, <laughs> yes. and you can just go yeah, I, everywhere with that ticket. But you said your PhD, your education in total, not just your PhD, but I guess that was for the diploma bite and all yeah, that stuff before. the diploma was 6,000 euros in, in, in total for six years studying. Yeah, so it's about a thousand a year in that case for that type of, uh, for the master's. But right? for me, I got a student loan. So that's basically not the tuition fees, but the student loan that I got in order to, you know, like right. living and all that and food. So that was my scholarship that I had to pay back. Usually what it is, you get the scholarship, uh, you get paid by um, the, the government yep. and 50% of that you have to pay back. Yeah. And for me, because I graduated with um, exception, high yep. distinction was that word. Sure. And also kind of fast kind, kind of, mm. <laughs> I got a couple percents off. Yeah. So a couple thousands they took off. The of same the thing. Sum. I have friends of mine in North America who, um, it's the same thing we have where you can get a scholarship where 50, well, it's not, it's not really a scholarship. It's a student loan type. And um, if you complete your education within a good amount of time, yeah. you get good marks, then the percentage goes yeah, down. Yeah, and yeah. Down. But if you drop out, yeah. that's where the issue happens, yeah. where I've seen a lot of people who go into uh, a master's, bachelor, or even like film school or anything like that. Mm -hmm. I think that's a bit different now because a lot of the, I almost went to an audio engineering school back in mm -hmm. the day. Um, and audio engineering schools are cool in the sense that don't care about your high school. They don't, you know mm -hmm. I mean? They're still very private on that level yeah, yeah. where you can just go there, get your diploma yeah. and and that's it. Um, and they, they did these like all these condensed courses where they then started saying, Hey guys, we used to have a five-year program. You don't need to waste that much life energy because now yeah. you can buy that whole program in one year. And then you look at it and it's like, Oh sweet. They're not, it's still really expensive, right? Like we're, we're talking, I think, um, uh, I was going to do, uh, 
Trebis Institute at the time, and that was twenty two hundred. That was twenty two thousand dollars at the time. How many? Twenty two thousand for one year. Twenty thousand. Twenty two thousand. Twenty two for okay. one year. All right, yeah. to become an audio engineer. And I have friends of mine that went to film school, uh, same shit, different pile, 20 grand for one year. You just go into the film industry and get a practical training. Well, that's, that's what it, I did. Right? I, I, yeah. I, I became a part of the Nabet 700 union yeah. and I ended up working on movies. And I have, it was funny, I remember friends of mine, when I told them, I said, I'm not fucking doing that. I'm not stupid. Yeah. I mean, if I go into the industry and I like it, yeah. then I'll consider yeah. it. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah, but try it first. But exactly. Uh, and I didn't actually like the industry, to tell you the mm. truth. That's So I was really happy. I didn't waste all my money mm. first because I have friends of mine who did that. A couple of them dropped out, didn't mm. make it and had to pay it all back. Some of mm. them ended up paying a lot of it, but it took them years to pay it back and they just started doing carpentry, yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah. painting walls and cleaning that's, roofs or whatever. You know, that's in general something I would really go back to my 20 years old and say, you know, try out as much as you want. Just don't go to universities anymore and just, yeah. the, just the logical stuff and the theory go where do you do something practical because yeah. I would have realized pretty quickly that I'm not made for the whole academic system I didn't I didn't like the publishing part I like the writing part but not that you know scientific yeah. writing so that's why I ended up actually later on writing my yeah. own books could have started it back then or so with the drawing I loved the drawing part and I could have just go back myself and, and educated myself more on that yeah. so that was would be something really I would tell myself and also ask for the reasons why why do you want to do this and for mm. me it was again you know proving myself and I don't I'm not a better human just because I have that title now <laughs> you know yeah, I'm not yeah, more yeah. clever I'm not more beautiful or anything like that <laughs> um it is it is really something that back then I would have looked more into why do I doubt myself so much mm. why do I think I have to prove myself with with almost killing myself over this yeah. stuff and I think then I would have already started the more spiritual journey on it without all the pressure around I still it. think that you needed to go through that pressure to yeah, acknowledge me too, the spiritual me too. Really, aspect I mean, of life. Yeah. I'm, and there were so many opportunities coming from that, you know, with the book stuff, the rabbits, I love the topic. Mm. Now I'm writing a children's book about the research that I've done back then. I met well, a lot of nice people. I really enjoyed the yeah. time with the people in Frankfurt. I think it all starts young in the sense that you never were given the opportunity to even see um, the non-physical world as something real yeah. at all, right? And well, I, I that, did. I was very intuitive as a kid, but you know, as a, yeah. normally, they humans just or the, the adults just tell you, ah, it doesn't exist. You know, you're just yeah. making that shit up. Uh, sure, you, you can't talk to animals and plants. If I would have still kept that treasure within me, mm -hmm. I, I could have still studied biology, but probably yeah. would have approached it f from a different angle. Sure. Well, I saw it, it, it started at a very young age, right? It started, yeah. it, it starts at a very young age is the yeah. way I think I'd like to say that in the sense yeah. that um, if you are going to go to university and like you uh, be in school till you're 35 to get, um, you know, a PhD in biology mm -hmm. or, or something like that, it I think in order to value that as something valuable mm -hmm. in the way that you valued it back then, because what you're telling me now is that the way you value yeah. information and knowledge and truth and yeah. reality is completely different. And in well, order to see that, that would have had to start much younger. Yeah. And, 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 and I think that when you were younger, what was being taught to you was got to make money. Mm -hmm. Um, you gotta you gotta follow the program. Mm -hmm. You gotta. I was good at that. That that's probably you know I was really good at following the program. Program. I was good at the whole 
studying part and just doing what people told me. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. But also, again, what I really enjoyed was that building the scientific thinking to come mm. up with an idea how to solve a problem. You have a research question, how to approach it. I enjoyed the problem solving well, part the of it. The creative aspect of the it. Crea it's simil yeah, the similar creative to the aspect. arts that you were interested in to begin with. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. So let's let's wind down and yeah. and, and close this for today. But before we do, um, let's let's bring a little bit of a positive spin onto it and say, hmm. why should someone? Go out and get a, a PhD yeah. today, and and obviously you're back. Like you're not a medical doctor, you're a biologist. Yeah. So from your experience uh, in biology, let's say that like your do your doctorate title will cover also the the same style of doctorate that you know that people who go to do chemistry or geology or physics yeah. are yeah. also going to go yeah, through. Yeah, so yeah. why should they, in your opinion, do this? I think if you already liked the the studying aspect of be, you know getting your master degree, the master thesis, if you like that, then it's already a good a mm -hmm. good aspect to it to think about the the PhD. If you like the research question, if you like to really dig deep into a topic, to become an expert at something, mm -hmm. um, that's also a good good aspect to it. You know, once you are really when when you are an expert to it. Again, you know, you might be invited to interviews and that's how what happened with me. I talked a lot about the research that I did. I traveled the world. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that was also something nice. Conferences, you meet a lot of interesting people. It's a very, um, you learn a lot of different skills. You know, you have to be a jack of all trades <laughs> yeah, yeah. with statistics and, and experimental design, writing skills, communication skills talking to people well, even all still that. like the the real question that i'm saying is that um why should you and i think it's a very unique experience that you can make in that environment of other people being interested in in a topic and really trying to bring knowledge into the world okay and what type of people do you think should do it then? Because obviously you're telling me that you, when you were younger, you don't think she she should have done that. No, no, because I'm really, I'm, I'm interested in many different things, you know, mm -hmm. like um, I enjoyed the rabbits, <laughs> but to really just bite myself into one little topic over mm -hmm. a long, long time, I, 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 I did it because again, you know, I had other motivations, but I'm right now, I like to change things. I like to, I'm interested in many different topics. And I think if that's something that you are, you you know, I will always be interested in, I don't know, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. bees or, you know, I don't know what, then go for it and, and research as much as you can about so this. So if, if you're somebody that's actually really, truly interested in a whole bunch of stuff and you like to multitask, it'll be difficult for you. I would say so, yeah. Mm. And also... If you are, if you like to um, have that, 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 how you say that, like that, that security of a job, right? Right. So it is very unsecure. So you have you to don't... be a pretty much a creature of habit in order to want to, in order to be happy while doing this is what you're saying too. Yeah. That's why I say you have to really love the topic. That's yeah. the, the okay. main, the main thing. If you're not really burning for what you're researching, if you're not really so curious about that, you would get, give up everything for it yeah, to, yeah, yeah. to get that answer, then you won't make it because you need that fire within you to overcome the really 
extremely stressful times. And that was right. for me always interested. I really wanted to know whether these rabbits in the city are happier, healthier yeah. <laughs> than the ones living in the countryside. And I wanted to contribute something to the ecology and, and you know, just like biodiversity question of will cities be important as a biodiversity hotspot in the future? Will there be more and more wild animals in the city? Yeah. So these questions just were so interesting to me that I thought I want to be a part of answering these mm. questions. That's why. And But even though that um, now with a lot of the shamanic practitioner uh, or the shamanic um, experience that you've now accumulated, knowing yeah. that there are other techniques to achieve yeah. these things, do you do you feel that the universities have been deceitful in holding that back, or do you feel that mm. they're not ready for it yet? I don't think that they're deceitful. I I don't think they are ready for it yet. They don't like, I mean, see it as if, a valuable if, if you, tool. If right? you use shamanic techniques yeah. in your PhD study, yeah, what would have happened? Um, I would say I actually kind of did without knowledge. Okay. <laughs> I was very, still very intuitive in my research. You know, mm -hmm. for example, I had one of these papers where one researcher said, this is amazing. The other said, just, you know, toss it in the garbage. Okay. And there was that decision, should I just toss it or should I try to resubmit with changes? Right. You know, is it worth the the the, the, stress, the, the yeah. effort and the stress? And my my feeling was so strong to submit it with minor changes mm. that my professor said, well, if you submit that, then you can take me off that paper because I won't be part I of this. I remember that you did. Yeah. And and I said, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so and I took him off the paper. He was so angry with me yeah. and my, my intuition was right. The paper got through. Yeah. And after that, I actually offered him to come back to the paper onto and it. And he was too stubborn and... No, no, he actually, he, he said, okay, well then, you know, I'll help you with the last changes. Ah, right, right. Yeah, okay. yeah. But I had that feeling that it will go through. So I did a lot of things very intuitively back then. I didn't know. Well, what I'm, I'm saying is, is that had you ever used a technique like actually talking to the animals yeah. and, and, and um, I would have acknowledging... Never, I would have never put them radio track uh, collars on, yeah, yeah. on their neck because I think I killed a couple because of that too. Well, um, here's the funny thing. Is and that, I would have just asked them, you know, yeah. you could have just asked them. They don't need to do like long hours research observing them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I could have asked them, hey guys, what are you doing during the nighttime when you're out there? You're happy. Yeah, are you happy? You know, are you yeah. stressed? How do you feel? It's a funny thing because statistically, you've talked but about this. Yeah, finish that up. That would have been, uh, you know, amazing to write that back in my thesis. Mm. I asked him to a shamanic journey, and they answered me. <laughs> right. So no one would that evaluate as a, you know, yeah. proper scientific method. I Although it it actually brings you more insights than the 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 methods that I used back then. In right? the end, absolutely. Well, the, the difference end. is is that obviously, in order to chart that. Yeah you would have to create a probability graph for the accuracy of the um, communication. You should have asked a thousand um, shamanic practitioner to all, or ask all the same animals and then you yeah. know, go through their answers. And I if they would have all had the same answers, that would be good. It's funny because that actually kind of did happen. There were a couple <laughs> programs in the past uh, that were built for that. I can't remember what they were called. But, you know, um, you go back 100 years ago and before, as I mentioned, you know, like mm -hmm. in the medical world, that was eliminated after 1910. Yeah. But there were other areas of scientific endeavor that allowed that type of thought mm -hmm. pattern. In. And, yeah. and 
look, I mean, I think talking to people uh, like we are on Rockfin, it's much easier to say that um, a lot of us have heard a lot of the stories. I've met personally people who worked for the military okay. um, yeah. that were uh, seers. You know, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. map drawers. Yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, specifically, a guy I knew who said that back he was a Prussian guy, so he was Polish, but uh, Polish German. Mm -hmm. And uh, during the the Third Reich time, he was tasked to draw the borders of Germany using spiritual foresight. Mm -hmm. Right. And so uh, these types of sciences are accurate. Like you mentioned, if you get, here's the funny thing. And this is why um, I think that, you know, when we talk about the uh, uh, Flexner report, why it's so difficult to take that into the Western view, which is, let's put a stamp on it mm -hmm. and say approved or disapproved, right? Mm -hmm. uh, if you ask a thousand people to do a communication with the animal, well, do they all have the same talent? Mm. What if one of these people has the talent of a thousand, right? Like <laughs> it, then, and how do you how do you measure that? This is where yeah. uh, I think Western science has a big difficulty accepting mm. this information because you're completely correct in what you said is that yeah. you can get a bunch of scientific pra practitioners, and if you can show that the probability is so much higher that like it, it's impossible to say that this is not real, yeah, yeah, then you can you can chart it, but the accuracy of the reading yeah unfortunately with uh, your telemetry the accuracy of the reading you know is to uh what like uh, a couple square centimeters or something like it's very accurate you mm -hmm. know um actually it wasn't to be honest no i <laughs> it was a couple of meters really because yeah? in the city what happens you have these skyscrapers and all that yeah. and so the all signal the is bouncing back and forth yeah, yeah and yeah. also the gps is it was not very accurate so we really right. went there with a map in the hand and i had to see the rabbits to really put the dot on the map Right. To be more accurate. Okay. Well, yeah. what I'm saying is, is that, uh, yeah, we, we know the limits of our own technology and we take that into account of the mm. probability spectrum. Um, whereas we don't understand our body, our corporal technology, specifically yeah, yeah. when it comes to something like uh, a, a spiritual or a, a psychic reading yeah. of, of whatever environment that you're looking at. We... I think you talk to anybody who has experience with it, they'll tell you it's real. Mm -hmm. But then if you ask them to show me, you know, show me the uh, the accuracy of your reading, that's not something you can do in the no. same way that you can with a tele telemetry machine, right? No, it's it's more the logical mind can grasp it better because it can see, you know, the different steps that you went right. through in order to achieve the results. I mean, right now I'm in that, you know, further education from the shamanic uh, foundation right. and a good friend of mine, she does the same thing. So we kind of so-called uh, journey buddy, buddies, yeah, yeah. you know, we journey for each other and it's amazing how accurate we are I've, for I've, each I've other. I've seen your accuracy improve yeah. over the last year and a half. And it is quite amazing to see that yeah. your accuracy, I would say now is approaching um uh, the scientific accuracy required yeah uh, i would say so you know too. <laughs> so like we're talking like 95 percent accuracy yeah. yeah 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 um within within the what's what's the word that you guys use with with uh within the um margin of error right yeah and so it's getting to the point where now with you like i mean there are a couple 
um, we're just gonna go a little bit off topic and close it for today. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I know I can I, I can see I can see your eyelids just shutting a little like, bit. <laughs> I know. I, yeah, for all of you guys out there that we we started at eight p.m. our time, and I think we've been going for quite a bit already. So mm. uh, yeah, it's approaching ten o'clock. Um, oh wow, really? Yeah, I think we've been doing this for an hour, and I can't see it because it's uh, in the in a text that I can't see with these glasses. Almost <laughs> two hours. Color. Almost an hour and fifty, I think it says. Yeah. Uh, what was I saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Off topic. Yeah. So <laughs> off topic. Um, your accuracy with being able to um, use shamanic techniques in order to pull information out of the ether, let's say, mm-hmm. right? Um, I've seen you personally tell me exactly when the cat's going to show up. I've seen you even <laughs> tell me that, like, I don't get it. He said he was here. And then I'm like, he is here. He just went in the other door. And you're like, oh, okay. Right? <laughs> like, like um, yeah, yeah. I've seen I've seen you uh, tell the, your friends the name of their father before, without them telling you. you yeah. Know? Like, yeah, there, there are things like that that are happening now yeah. because of the way that you've been practicing this stuff. And this type of information, this is kind of what I was getting at in the beginning of the episode when I said, do we have the technology mm. to mimic what we with our body can actually sense. Yeah. If not, then science is not accurate to depict yeah. what we can sense in reality. Yeah. It's yeah. just simply it is. cut and dry and for me. I can go around right? and tell people, you know, that this was my observation. But since it's out of their scope and out of their way to think, they said, well, it's impossible. You know, and so how I'm going to prove that? Yeah. They can call me a liar. I know for myself that what I experienced is my reality. Yeah. You know, you observed it. <laughs> my friend's yeah. observing it. And so it is more like, um, yeah, I, I'm at the point I don't need to convince everyone or someone. I know what yeah. I experienced during that time. Don't care to, and huh? I can compare it to what I learned during my research and my PhD time. Mm. And... I opened up a new world for myself, having new tools in order to answer questions that I have now, which mm. are way more comfortable. <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah. need to burn myself out anymore. You know, just go on a shamanic journey, ask the spirits and say, you know, can you please give me the answer? Yeah. And then usually it works. I don't need to sit there for hours and hours and observe the rabbits. Yeah, crazy, huh? Yeah. It's just so much quicker and more efficient, which is basically what science should be. You know, you should favor methods that are working and are well as i mentioned in the past uh many times to me science is the sim- is similar to any type of education it <clears throat> should it's its basic goal is to connect you to reality i i remember in, in a more uh yeah. fulfilling way i remember the the interview i had with uh roland orban he's the um, CEO or Geschäftsführer was yeah, that? He's, of he's, the, he's the managing director of the of Shamanic the Foundation. Shamanic Foundation. Yeah, and he Europe. said also, you know, the the science and shamanic techniques are actually going hand in hand. Like they shouldn't be in, in contrast to each other. He also has a other. doctorate, doesn't he? I don't think so. He's a magister. Oh, okay. In, in psychology. Okay, so he's a psychologist. Yeah. Yeah. He's a psychologist, right? Yeah. So. And so both, he, has, he has a lot of post-secondary education, so he knows yeah. what he's talking about when yeah, he's talking absolutely. about and um, both, that. both aspects or both um, subjects have the same goal in order, you know, find answers to questions in yeah. order to bring knowledge into the world and therefore improve the world. Yeah. And they can stand beside each other. It's nothing that is exclusive. Mm. You know, science for me is more like the overall 
mm, how you say that like roof under everything can can happen it's yeah. it's an expression of the curiosity curiosity, curiosity <laughs> of humans and and everything around yeah, us sure. and be able to connect with everything around us i think to explore it and to uh, and yeah to understand it the scientific method is an amazing tool that we have to be able to yeah. take information and just like any other tool and just give it to someone yeah. to do a task with later on you know to complete a task with and also it 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 you know should be open to any idea how to approach something that's sure. the problem that in, in in the last decade decades that last centuries centuries I mean, the the science world has shut down into a very narrow field where nothing else can exist around yeah. it and that's the unfortunate truth that you know methods like the shamanic approaches have no um, they have no reputation in yeah. that area and therefore they they can't exist they are not real yeah. <laughs> and uh, this is you know it's just sad because science really cuts out a big portion of a, a set of methods that could be used to yeah. to explore and to find answers yeah. on 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 very serious questions and for me i really see no working in the in, in, in environmental field now with all the problems that we have with biodiversity loss and the climate things and everything that comes to us we're looking for answers and trying mm. here and there and it's not working because we are not asking the right questions to the right persons but yeah. i would say spirits <laughs> you know we are not asking the animals we're not asking the plants not the country or anything like that we just think that the decision that we make are the right ones yeah and then, out and then, of logic and this is the thing is that i think that that can be yeah. easily perverted um i think that um you know this actually would be a good topic to expand upon for future shows yeah, to tell not? you the truth you know yeah. how, how to take um and it's funny you know there was a book i recently read it was just about that how to take natural law and apply it into a modern society. It's it's fascinating mm -hmm. because modernism isn't against natural law. Mm. It, it's it's uh, ignorance that yeah. keeps us uh, in yeah. darkness and, yeah. and avoiding natural ignorance law. and also arrogance. Yeah, you know, like yeah, thinking that we are the head of the creation and <laughs> we're allowed to have dominions over everything else. Right. Whereas the I think that's why I was so drawn to the more shamanic ideas that everything is connected and it's on the same mm. level, that everything has the same kind of life energy to it that connects right. everything. Because that was the first time for me that I had an uh, answer to all the questions that I had that made sense. Mm. And I didn't find these answers within the university. Can you imagine what it would be like if core shamanism was actually uh, like a module? Within, uh, <laughs> I'm just saying, within uh, within the masters and bachelor. It would be, a, yeah. I mean, I don't know if people would go there or you know think it would be a joke or something. Well, um, it's it's funny. Why wouldn't it? In the sense that, in order to graduate high school, yeah. you have to have your prerequisites. You have to have your Absolutely. Englishes, your maths, would, your science, your geography. That's an amazing idea to put that yeah. in there. Why not core shamanism as a, as 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 a subject yeah. that you would have just as often as you would have math and chemistry? I think you know. And it's getting more and more to that point where people yeah. really open up and see that as a possibility and really not as just woo-woo, uh, mm. you know, it's like crazy um, 
coming out of I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, to be honest, like it was for me the biggest shock when I realized there is something like a spirit. There is a spiritual world it, around there, me. There can be, yeah, exactly. And it was like like the world came down if someone just hit me with a frying pan really <laughs> hard. And I was like, oh, I'm going crazy here. Yeah, you know, yeah, that yeah. was that was horrible for me. But at the same time, it was so liberating because I felt way more connected. I thought like that makes so much sense. You know, why why did I have thought about this earlier? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it was a weird feeling I can't really describe. But from there, things for me became so much better because I felt my own spirit again. I could really, you know, connect to myself and then start loving myself and everything around me. And that uh, really helped me to live a very, very happy life that it's just getting better each day now. Specifically, as you say, I'm connecting to everything around me, you know, right. like that connection I have with my cats and other animals and plants in that area fulfills me with so much love. And sometimes I just sit there and have to cry because I'm so happy about this, right? Really, <laughs> and yeah. that never happened during my PhD time. <laughs> yeah, you were never that happy about the statistics. No, sometimes no, I, I thought, you know, this is really nice sitting here, you know, in the park and observing the rabbits. I felt that essence a little bit, but I couldn't grasp it fully. And now I can really understand and also being yeah, I mean, emotionally it's, it's involved. It's also different when you look at them and you know that you're going to be following the hunter around, you know, uh, yeah. it's, it's a different reality or even knowing that I, I still am of, of the opinion that your research was used in order to eliminate them in the end. Like it's, it could, I, again, the biggest difference from back from now to, um, to back then from, to now is I felt back then I felt disconnected from everything. I was just a bystander yeah. observing the environment around me. And now I am part of it. I am connected and I feel um, really not alone anymore. I don't feel isolated yeah. anymore. And that's I think nice. that's what so many people are longing for. They 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 want to have that feeling of connecting, of mm. being connected to everything that is around us. And that was what brought the shamanic approaches into my life. Right. So, and I don't care what people think about this, <laughs> you know, <laughs> what they think about me if I'm not a real scientist anymore. I, I don't give a shit about these opinions because I know the way I approach my life now with all these different methods that I yeah. learned from the time when I was a scientist until now. And I do see myself as a scientist because Absolutely. I'm still curious about research and life. And But I have different methods now. And I think my life got much easier. And you've seen, because of you've seen the, the value of all the different ones. Yes. And um, I pick these ones now. Or you I pick these, these ones, ones because you, you find that them to, to have more value for you. Absolutely. Yeah, they work much better. They're, you know, giving me way more insights. Like Yeah, healthier life, healthier people around you, um, yeah. healthier insight. Absolutely. So I'm, if I'm that would that. be one sample, you know, of <laughs> as a research sample, and if you look so many different people, I actually would thought about what kind of research, what kind of study I could do in order to prove that shamanic... See, this is one of these things, work, is that right? idea of proving it. It's like yeah. using... Why would I want to prove it, right? Well, just it's not because... even just about proving, it's, it's you're using one spectrum to prove another. You could mm. do it, right? I think the, the big thing that would have to be done is to show the statistical relevance of it. Mm. Once the statistical, I mean, and it's already been done. Mm -hmm. You know, there, there, there's already stuff mm -hmm. published, right? Yeah, yeah, there is stuff out there. Um, I mean, you <clears> just need to look up Michael Harner and his research, you know, how many people kind of through him experienced that and and um, brought, sure. brought the, the core shamanism into the world because for them it worked. And, and I'll tell you, you know, I'm, I'm also of the opinion that 
the more papers get published to show that this type of thing um, is real and works and mm -hmm. it's putting and it's put into mm -hmm. the Western world, the Western world eventually will just swallow it like any other like the and yoga it, and the meditation and well, all that. And you can already well, see Well, just it. like empire swallows culture, right? Yeah. It, it, it's it's one of these things. Eventually, it'll, it will be perverted. You can already see that, to be honest. Like of within the can. classes yeah. I've, be, I, I've been, my uh, my main teacher said that never happened. He's like teaching for 20 years now. It yeah. never happened so far. But lately, he said he had to throw out people because mm. they didn't respect the rules. They started eating during the ceremony or within, <laughs> you know, within a, within a um, well, usually you have a kind of a closed room Crazy. where he says, we're not eating here. You put out the phone. It's, it's just pay, yeah. you know, pay the yeah. respect to the spirits and the other people in the room by not eating. And, and someone just I took out an phone. apple and was like, gop, gop, gop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and we all looked at him and was like, what's wrong with this guy? You know, and, and he's, he, had to, he had to throw him out. He said, like, I can't accept this. Like, I want to create this environment. Yeah, but the guy already us. knew the rules. Yeah, of course he knew. Oh, okay, I don't well. know what was, but they 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 don't take it. You know, it's it's like a thing they want to consume. They want to get there and they want to. Yeah, of course. It's also it's a very hip thing, specifically here in Berlin. <laughs> well, I've mentioned this in the past. Um, the idea of consumerism. Yeah. Right? Also, the whole ayahuasca thing. It, it it really turns into like a com, com, commercial commodity, yeah. commodity stuff, whatever. And so I think you have to be a little careful with with these kind of things that you you pick the right people who are not after your money okay. but really just want to want to pass on the proper techniques and also teach them in a safe way because yep. sh shamanic work can be dangerous you know if you're not uh, if you don't know what you're doing yeah and so that's why i ended up with the shamanic foundation because i know the way they teach it it's 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 proper you know there is right. a lot of um, background behind it and safety first <laughs> as i would say <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. Or building it, you know, building up. They have different modules where you really see you don't do the soul retrieval before I actually know how to do the shamanic journey yeah. and something like that. Yeah, I, th I think core shamanism is actually very interesting. We've got we talked about this yeah, on different yeah. shows we and all that to stuff too. Go too much into detail. Yeah, too. no, I, th I think it to be very interesting. I think that from what I've seen, there are a lot of people that uh, approach it unfortunately with the same mentality as they would any other Western um, environment. And for this reason, I think this is the big, the, the biggest, the biggest weakness of core shamanism is that it's built within almost a structure of Western. Um, to make academia. it more approachable, yes, absolutely. This is why yeah. I think that it's it's a really great uh, tool to get people in the door. Yeah, yeah. But absolutely. after that, you have to go out, and and I think that uh, the the core shamanism. Mm. I'm not going to say that core shamanism is just for beginners. What I'm going mm -hmm. to say is that I think that core shamanism is definitely a great place to begin. Absolutely. It gives yeah. you the proper setup and the tools for you to explore your own yeah. techniques and your own. And that's that's what I really like with, with the foundation that every they always say, you know, we're not gurus here. We're not teaching you how how you should like they well they say we teach you how you 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 should do it because we know this is the safe and the working mm. way however you can do it the way you want to <laughs> you know well, yeah, you just well, have to take responsibility but it's with everything you have to practice it yeah. yourself and then you 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 also you know change a little things like the way you call in the spirits or whatever you have your own personal yeah. approach to it and um, but yeah, you have with everything you have to learn the basics, and from there yeah. you can. Well, the biggest move on. issue I've always had with core shamanism is, from my experience, seeing how many people are involved with it and know nothing about mysticism. 
I think there's a yeah. big danger to that. And that's just me from what I've seen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that if there's anything that I could convey to uh, a lot of the shamanic organizations out there right yeah. now who are working off of what what Jack Harner is, I think yeah. that there's so much positivity that comes out of it. Absolutely. But a lot of people interpret it into other ways and with no knowledge of mysticism, I think it can be it can be very destructive, actually. Yeah, well, there's parts to it. Of course, we also yeah. learn about, you know, like... Um, I would say energies that are not so pleasing. Of course, yeah. <laughs> and but not in that depth as for example myself, you know, learned or through you, you know, learned mm. and read books about black magic and all that just to understand what's behind it. Yeah, I couldn't believe it when I when I, <laughs> I so a, a while ago I gave, I gave Maddie a black, a bunch of books in black magic that were like written in French from like the the 16th century and stuff like that. And uh and she was like I don't want to read this cuz she just had this like immediate like I don't want to, I don't want to be tainted by this horrible stuff. And I said, no, just read at least the, 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 the methodologies they used. And she started going through it and it was identical, mm. it was not, not identical, but so similar. And she's like, I can't believe how similar this is. And I said, the interesting thing that you'll see with a lot of this black magic stuff is how well they prepare themselves to protect themselves mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because they know they're about to do something that's not cool. Mm. And you guys, I think with a lot of the shamanic techniques that you use, you, you, there isn't a lot of protection involved. No, that's not true. Uh, this is actually the first thing that you learn how to protect yourself. Yeah. And also with kind of with whom you should interact. So actually, that's you know what really it was the is back then you were involved with a with yeah, a woman's group. That was something else. Back then I was else. not really yeah, okay. into the shamanic yeah, that wasn't the uh, stuff. I didn't right. learn so much about the protection. I'm still not so good at it, to be honest. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> because I really, you know, I'm a very naive person. I think everyone is happy. Yeah. I'm, I'm like our cat Fiona. She's like, yeah, everyone yeah, yeah. is just, you know a good person. Yeah. <laughs> so I need to learn that a little bit more. But um, through the shamanic foundation, I actually yeah. uh, realized how it's how important it is to to protect yourself and also yeah. to know with whom you are interacting within the that, shamanic Yeah, journey. like you mentioned the ignorant or the, the almost like an infant. I think that a lot of the people I've seen <clears> involved <throat> in the shamanic foundation, uh, they have <clears throat> very, like, you know, they're doing a lot of... Um, the word I could use, I guess, would be um, manifestation. Yeah. And manifestation is a very interesting thing because uh, I don't think a lot of people really understand how much negative manifestation is going on on this planet. Yeah, and, yeah. You and, do it every to, day in the subconscious mind. Whenever you think, you no, know, I, ah, I, I mean, I mean, real ritual manifestation. Oh, yeah, okay, I'm not talking okay. about like going to the store and wanting a wanting what's on the on the cereal box. Yeah, uh, I'm saying um, real hardcore negative manifestation in groups mm. in a negative context uh, against the will of the person and yeah. that kind of stuff. And it's it's interesting to me because I think that a lot of people, um, you know. Even even when you look at it from a scientific point of view, when you look at it from the from the institutions and maybe perhaps the egregores that are being built and formed mm -hmm. behind the institutions and with them and in them and all that stuff, I think it, it it can be so valuable for people to understand that so that they understand that when they involve themselves in an institution, yeah. uh, for whatever the case may be, whether it be for your doctorate title, you know, coming back to that or whatever, mm -hmm. um, that you understand the energies that could be manifested Absolutely. To see, in a place like this. Yeah. I mean, back then there was a lot of stuff coming at me that was uh, not good energy, well, right? Let's, so, let's wrap it up then yeah. for today with the last okay. funny topic is, um, okay, how many universities... I don't know how what it's like in Germany, but let's talk about fraternity clubs. 
fraternity clubs that become mm. uh, for that are they're usually very closely associated to uh, um, secret societies and okay. so on and so forth. You know, I know that you didn't have a lot of pretty much any exposure to mm. that, right? Yeah. I, I know other people that have been okay. exposed to yeah, that. yeah. Uh, and and I've seen some of it in in Berlin as well, right? Okay. Like uh, some some of the uh, um, schools that are more tied to Masonic uh, privilege <laughs> and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it to me. It's interesting to see that there is absolutely is a correlation between big education and yeah, yeah. Um, I would say manifestation of black magic. Absolutely, mm, probably, yeah. Anyway, that's just a that's yeah. another topic for another day. Yeah, yeah. It's a nice way to close things up for today because we're <laughs> we're kind of like going all over the place now. Well, maybe to also just you know give not advice, but like I think it's really important to whenever you make a big decision like that, yeah, the take home message. Let's, let's yeah, the call take it home that. message that change will change your life and also that you will be involved for many years. Really, really carefully ask yourself why you want to do this. What is the main reason behind it? And if it has to do with something like, you know, you would feel more worthy, you want to have more money or something like that. I think it's not the good, you know, that's not a good reason to to get yourself into it and rather try to get fulfilled to other things. But if you really say, well, this is something I'm so excited about it, like even if I wouldn't get any money for yeah, it, yeah. even if I would not get a you know a reward at the end, it's just something I want to experience in my life. It's something I want to figure out. Then it's a good idea to jump in it and say, well, yeah, this is, this is maybe part of my soul plan. This is something I want to do. Mm-hmm. And I think back then, although I would you know tell myself, well, that you shouldn't do it. I would say it was plan of my soul as well to bring me to a point where, you know, I really had to look for myself. And again, um, I, most of the part, I really enjoyed it and I learned a lot from it. Again, also kind of leading me into what I'm doing right now with my my YouTube uh, channel, with the books that I wrote, they all kind of were involved with the rabbit research that mm-hmm. I ended up. And I think I... As I said, my intuition said, you know, this is the right topic because I was really, really passionate, passionate yeah. about it. That was really what, what got me going through the most of the time. So how much of your YouTube stuff is going to be in English now for the people listening? Um, I will actually really start having now every week, uh, like I have a video in German and in English. You want so to try and do this every week? I try to do it every week. All right. All right. Yeah. So for all of you guys out there, um, what's your YouTube channel called? Doctor. Madeleine Siege. So Dr. Madeleine Siege, <laughs> just like you can Madeline see Siege, on the right. on the video cast right now. Yeah, and it's it's really about the stuff that I'm interested in, but also always trying to provide value with information and mm. education. It will also have to do with you know cats and health <laughs> and <laughs> of course and of course exactly. something like that. Also, you know what I learned about manifestation, what I learned about the shamanic work. Very How cool. to live a happier life. I think that is really the goal of me sharing all the knowledge and experience that I had over the last 10 years that brought me from being a very depressed, unhappy person to a, I would say, a very, very happy person where I feel like I have everything I always wanted and mm-hmm. manifested, you know, like my, my soulmate and, you ah. know, a nice place to live and uh, all good stuff. Very nice. Yeah. All right. That's it. That's a nice way to wrap things up for today. <laughs> yeah. So... Let's uh, conclude this episode, season two, episode 22. Would you like to become a doctor for today? For all (laughs) of you guys out there. Exactly. For all of you guys out there listening, we'll be back next week at 8 p.m. with a new topic. Yeah. And uh, have yourselves a wonderful weekend. Until then, keep going.
Bye-bye.